April. And I'm Steph. You and you're listening to The Thirst. You can find us online, Twitter, we're at the thirst, soundcloud.com forward slash the thirst pod. You can search for us on iTunes by looking for the thirst. Instagram, we're at the thirst pod. And if you want to email us, you can do so. The address is the thirst pod at gmail.com. Um, thanks to everyone who subscribed the episodes and downloaded them so far. Um, if you want to leave us some reviews on iTunes, that's always nice. Um, we'll also to continue to share some links and of um, articles we mentioned throughout the podcast over on our Tumblr. Oh, and the address no for that is uh, the thethirstpod.tumblr.com. Um, this is episode 21. 21, Royal Salute in bingo. Who knows what that means? Oh, I don't know. Yours is much more um, uh, sensible than mine. Mine is 21 Jump Street. Yeah, do you know what? I had that down because I thought you might say that. But 21 I, by Adele. Oh, no. a podcast can now drink in all US states. It can. Hooray! Fully legal. Um, we're a full adult. We're a full adult. I like. I just want to clarify that it's the Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum version of Twenty One Jump not Street, 20... not the version with Johnny Depp. Is there? Is that a thing? It was a TV show called Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, that's what Ooh, the film I didn't even on. know that existed. Yeah, well, let's keep doing it because it's Johnny Depp. Adjacent, well, so we don't have any Johnny Depp things in nope. here. Banned. Cool. So let us begin on news. It's been like a. I feel like it's been quite a dry news. Yeah, so like we, there's not much of note. I mean, it's been like a month since yeah. we recorded. So granted, Ooh, it's a bit break. longer than normal, but there hasn't been any really like of interest positive news that we would want to cover. Yeah, so we've pulled out two things. Um, one that's kind of interesting. One's that one that's just completely batshit. Bananas. And just, yeah, we'll just do the interesting bananas. thing first though. Um, the Suspiria remake. Yes. So. Uh, we've had the trailer and a lot of publicity now for the Suspiria remake. Um, a remake of the 1977 film by Dario Argento. Um, pretty apt. The, the the remake film was set in Berlin in 1977, so it kind of harks back to that time. Mm-hmm. Directed by Luca Guadagnino. Guadagnino? Oh, your pronunciation was amazing. Guadagnino. Guadagnino. I, th- I, don't, I think the first N you're not supposed to, but I can't. Guadagnino. Every single time. Guadagnino. When we were doing all of our Call Me really By Your Name chat. I don't think we ever said just his Luca. surname, just Luca. Luca, like, okay. like we directed by Luca, directed uh-huh. by our best friend Luca, uh-huh. uh, starring Dakota Johnson, Tilda Swinton, Mia Goth, Jessica Harper, and Chloe Grace Moretz. So all the ladies. Um, it's a very lady-heavy film. Um, the basic synopsis of Suspiria. Um, and the remake follows the original is that uh, there's this dance, world-renowned dance company um, that uh, a young girl joins and she soon finds that there are a lot of strange things going on um, and there's a a witchcraft-based conspiracy taking place. So um, the synopsis online is a darkness swells at the centre of a world-renowned dance company, one that will engulf the artistic director, an ambitious young dancer and a grieving psychotherapist. Some will succumb to the nightmare. Others will finally wake Ooh. up. Who even knows what it's going Trippy. on? Um, Jessica Harper is worth noting. She's the lead in the original. Oh, okay. She takes on a different role here. Oh, no, I didn't know. Uh, which I didn't realise either. No, I didn't even recognise her. And um, the score's by Tom York. So that replaces the really famous Goblin score, which is like oh, yeah. really probably the standout thing for me from the original. Yeah. And it's scheduled to be released by Amazon Studios. Uh, Luca from Call Me By Your Name to Suspiria. Yay. Could these things be any more different? It's like two um, ends of the spectrum, isn't it? It really is, like, extremes. But um, I think most people were probably really pessimistic about there being Suspiria remake. Mm-hmm. But then when I learned that Luca was attached to it, I think we're so fond of him. I I'm was intrigued. Like, hey, really intrigued, really want to give this a chance. Um, apparently Tilda Swinton and Luca have started talking about doing a remake 25 years ago and no they've way. finally realised it, which is quite cool. Um, there's uh, there's been a, the film teaser that was shown at CinemaCon, which I think I mentioned before. Oh yeah, where people 
trying to watch it over the, eating their lunch and people were leaving the room oh, and fine. repulsed. Uh, someone on Twitter described what they saw as Black Swan meets The Exorcist in a 70s Berlin Mark oh, Jacobs sure. ad, which just sounds rad. It sounds so good. Um, I think Luca has talked a lot about uh, loving cinema of extremes. So I think there's going to be some pretty kind of gory, crazy scenes in there. Um, from what... They've released a trailer now, and they've released loads of posters. Those posters are really one rad. of the posters I sent you is is like so, the one with all the bloody yeah, eyes and stuff. Oh, it's so good! It looks amazing, and the one like the character shots, like the one of Tilda Swinton. I just yeah. think Tilda Swinton is such a perfect character for this. It's funny actually because um, I she she always takes on such interesting and often quite polarizing mm. roles. And I'm really intrigued to see what she she does with this. I mean, it has come out. Um, I think it they did it premiere at Venice yeah, this week. Yesterday. Uh, yesterday. It it premiered yesterday. yesterday at I saw lots of red carpet pictures yeah. this morning of like the cast and crew. Um my the standout was that Luca for me anyway, Luca and Dakota Johnson and Tilda Swinton are all wearing red, which I thought was very it's just apt. very well. And then there's like Tom York at the end. I think he's got like a blue Being suit. An absolute on, weirdo. But he's got like um I don't know if they're Birkenstocks, but he's basically got bright orange sandals on, and I was like, "Dad shoes." He just looks like a weird, weird hippie. I like Tom York, so I can't really be mad at it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really tough act to follow. Tough act to follow. I'm intrigued to see what he'll do because of that. And I've um, I've probably the same as you. I've purposefully avoided any hot takes and reviews of it. Yeah, I've read like a couple of lines. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I think the main the main positives are that. Uh, Lucas done that thing where he's not. It's a remake, but it's not a continue. It's not like a like for a beat like, for yeah. It's not yeah. beat for beat remake. It doesn't use so. So the original Suspiria is really bright, really heavily coloured, like mm-hmm. lots of red, and there's not. It looks really muted in that trailer. It looks yeah. quite bleak, quite cold. So I think it's supposed to be very different. And yeah. he obviously hasn't replicated the soundtrack either. I think it would be like a bit of a misstep for him almost to try and do like a beat for beat match with Argento because yeah. that's such a legendary like that's a hard classic yeah, really film. hard and i think follow. it would be like just yeah. a, a stupid thing to do I mean, it had a eight minute standing ovation at uh, venice which means nothing at all because uh, everyone just gets clapped yeah. even if it's shit um and then the really interesting thing is that the reviews thus far have been completely 50 50 which I'm not is a slight though. disappointment in that i i'm sort of hoping in my head that it's going to be like absolutely mind-blowing because it's luca but i think it's probably a slog in that i don't think it's i think it's two and a half hours long it's fucking long for the thing is film. though that it's the type of film that like not every person and not every critic is going to like anyway no. like i feel like the difference with call me by your name and the fact that it was so revered and and mm. loved by everyone is that like I don't think unless you're like a massive homophobe yeah. that it's you've something got you can fucking stone yeah you're not you're, you can't really dislike it but no. Suspiria like the Argento and then of course this I'm assuming yeah that's like, niche enough it's gonna anyway. it's, if, if, if like that kind of trippy weird horror yeah. thrillery intense stuff is not your vibe then you're not gonna you're no. probably not gonna be into it, are you? So Apparently there's a six minute avant garde dance sequence, so which just makes me think of um what's her name in a ghost story eating that fucking pie, pie for Great. like can't wait 12 to be like, minutes. Can't wait to be crawling um, the walls. I feel like it's gonna be uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be polarizing. Um Vulture Emily Yoshida from Vulture said, Suspiria is a gorgeous, hideous, uncompromising film and why it seeks to do many things, settling our minds about the brutality of the past and human nature is not one of them. 
However, Peter Bradshaw from The Guardian, who actually I don't always agree with anyway, said, There are smart moments of fear and subliminal shivers of disquiet. The dance sequences are good. And of course, Guadagnino could never be anything other than an intelligent filmmaker. But this is a weirdly passionless film. And it's quite cold. So I think we'll see. Interesting. But I'm so stoked on it. You know how stoked I am on it. My only reservation... Is that I just don't like Dakota Johnson. Oh, this is this is the thing I want to discuss. We both have a mutual. She's just shit. I don't get it. She's, she's so, just intolerable. It's like such she's, a, and the rest of this film cast seems so perfect. And then there's fucking Dakota. Well, Johnson so he, at the she, Dakota Johnson and like and Luca are quite pally. Mm. She's in a um, a bigger splash, which yeah. is in Luca's previous mm. films, which also has Tilda Swinton in. Um, but I just like I don't I don't like saying someone's dead behind the eyes because it's not. She's, a particularly but she's pleasant. actually dead. But behind it just the looks eyes? like she just. Nothing. I, I don't think it helps that I've basically seen her in Fifty Shades and that's it. In which she's she in, is not any good. She's like briefly in Social Network. Is she any good like, in that? I don't remember her in it. That's oh, the well, I think she was a girl that was dating Justin Timberlake's character. Oh. I think she's really like in it for a really minimal amount of time. And it was only after I lo- went and looked mm. through her filmog and I was like, oh, it's that girl. Um, and like, I've like seen a, Fifty yeah. Shades. Um, I don't know what else I've no. seen her in. But as a Hollywood personality as well, because we are all about like not just on screen, just but just dreary. everything else. There's just nothing. She's just so dreary. I mean, I think that her dryness can be really like paralleled by the fact that she's dating Chris Martin from Coldplay now so god can you imagine a more boring dinner date ever I just yeah she's also my biggest gripe about that so okay so I'm just looking on uh, Wikipedia Wikipedia Earth uh, IMDB page sorry and and it's literally like the Fifty Shades films How to Be Single which is like a rom-com comedy with um, um, Rebel Wilson which I haven't seen it's on like my streaming stuff Rebel Wilson's 50-50 she was in that Black Mass film with Johnny Depp okay yeah didn't pay attention to that Uh, she was in a weekend video but that was as Anastasia Steele I think that was like a um, must have been a Fifty Shades and then everything Fifty Shades soundtrack song oh apparently she's in 21 Jump Street that's weird oh that is weird it's come back around I'm glad we're talking about that in this Episode. And she's in that um, beastly film. Oh my! Oh, do you know what? I have seen that film. I have seen that film because I'm pretty sure it was in block, Blockbuster when I worked there, and I used to rent everything. I mean, it came out so. at a time where it's like very. Well, when did it come out? 2011. Yeah, so, like, so I would have been at Blockbuster. Mm, Vanessa Hudgens in Alex Pettifer. Ooh, Alex Pettifer. He's so awful. in conclusion, yeah. we're not that fussed about Dakota Johnson. No, so I, I, that's my only reservation. I think, I'm about quite this, yeah, and is that I'm th- going to find her insufferable. But yeah, have you seen the original Suspiria? Um. I think I've only watched a bit of it. Yeah, we, we should watch, watch it because it. it's it is really good. But the music will like stay with you for about five years. Yeah, it's really I think horrible. I had to watch a bit of it. <laughs> so harrowing. At, at uni, I did like a um, European film module. Oh yeah, that makes it was sense. Like an elective where in a year when I was like doing loads of boring stuff, and I was like, oh, this basically means I, I can this. just watch loads of like foreign films Avant-garde and get to write films. about. Them. Yeah. So I watched it, and I think I was just like, mm, not. No. At the time. But then at the time I was like 19 and really yeah. just not. It's, I wouldn't say it's like a, it's not like an easy, easy watch, No, and I think but, it's a type uh, of film where if I watched it now, I think I would be fine. But then I was just really like not into anything mm, like that. So and I, I can't, I can't lay like, claim to being like a big Argento fan or no. anything. I know this is part of like a trilogy. I haven't even seen the other ones. It's I just part- think Suspiria is a really great film. But yeah. uh, be really interesting. Yeah, if I could get tickets for us for the London Film Festival gala I'd be stoked that'll but, be fun won't it um, fingers crossed um, yeah we'll see we'll see I've just got a feeling that some people are going to really fucking hate it and it's just going to be like me in a room going like you, going, seminal it's so good 
Yes. Um, the other thing that we thought we would cover just for comedy it's value. On a completely different level. Other of end like, of the From brutalist Germany <laughs> over yeah. to so, Hollywood. Um, Azalea Banks, rapper, musician. Yes. Just um, all round personality public enemy number one she's quite a complex character let's just say that um she got stuck in elon musk's house for two days for two days so we i don't know if we did talk about elon musk and grimes at any point i think we we, did we had that we did have a bit of a we do briefly about the met gala so um how weird that was and how it's still going well is it is Is it it not going so elon musk and grimes have been dating since may this year they first got together around the time of the met gala um the two sort of came together because Musk had searched Twitter to see if anyone had made the joke that he wanted to post. And when he did a search, this is so bizarre, he saw that Grimes... I love that he's spending his time doing this as well. Right, famous people. Right. Um, Grimes is 17 years younger than Musk. Um, That doesn't matter because she's 30. He's not even hot, He's not even hot. Um, That's my point. (laughs) So a few weeks ago, um, Azealia Banks started Instagram storying that she was in Musk's house uh, alone because Grimes had asked her to come to LA to work on some music. Um, Banks has had a very fraught few years, to say the least. Um, She started out so well. Yeah, 212 is a banger. 212 was such a banger. And then everyone waited about three years for her album, which never appeared. And then she just went like... I just, yeah, she's... I think she's got some stuff going on, but she's shared, amongst other things, she's shared some anti-gay, racist, anti-Muslim tweets, and which were aimed at Zayn Malik. I think she might be banned yeah. of banned from Twitter now, actually. Which I don't want to be rude or anything, but in the grand scheme of things, there are other people that probably should be banned from yeah. using Twitter. So. She's, yeah, I mean, her actually, and also her Instagram is a worse offender. Like her yeah. Instagram's insane. Do you remember when she posted that video of her cl- cleaning out her like closet yeah. where she did animal sacrifices yeah. because she practices witchcraft? Yeah, and it was just a room full of guts and feathers it's fucking it's bizarre so mad. um there are a couple of articles that I'm, i've sort of used for this um there's molly McHugh at the ringer which was what was going on with elon musk grimes and azalea banks and there's also a high sobriety um timeline i think you Love have to really yeah that i was gonna say you have to really um because i was reading it on mashable as well yeah and hollywood reporter a credible source um you really have to just give credit to people for like spelling out this timeline because you well, could come in at any point and be like, what the fuck is going on and get we, the fall down. Yeah, when we did the Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson relationship timeline, I was just like, you know, it's some real investigative journalism yeah. here. I don't want to say that the people that are doing hard, well, Pulitzer proper Prize. Pulitzer Prize <laughs> yes. journalistic... But maybe you know, these guys should be counted but, too. You know, so I'll just do a quick sort of... Uh, run through all of this so 31st of july grimes was asked on twitter about a collaboration with azalea banks and she responds saying the track was ready but she was waiting for azalea's vocals um but as banks tells it um grimes invited the rapper to um, musk's home in la to record the single she arrived around august 10th um banks was unable to meet uh, with grimes because she was too busy consoling elon musk over an ill-advised tweet he'd shared um days earlier on august the 7th um the tweet in question had suggested that elon musk would be taking tesla his company private and they had secured funding to do so um this but this in itself may be it may have been an act of securities fraud Great. Oh. oh yeah he's been accused of security yeah so um, August 12th, um, Azealia Banks posts on her Instagram stories that she was unable to pry Grimes away from Musk and um, was being ignored in his home. And then it transpires that Grimes and Musk had gone to DEFCON, which is a hacker conference in Las Vegas. So she was Las just Vegas. sitting in his house yep, by and they weren't herself. At home. 
Um, uh, Banks then unleashed her frustration about the weekend itself and her hosts in a series of text updates, which her followers took screenshots of and posted to Twitter. Don't share stuff if you don't expect someone to screenshot it. I mean, I feel like I don't follow Azealia Banks, but I almost wish I could on Instagram because I don't ever want to miss her Instagram stories because they're fucking You know when you go on Instagram stories and it's like literally like dots at the top because Because someone shares so much. I did look at one point and then go through a few and then was like, I can't bother to catch up. And there's just so much overshare. The majority of what I um, was on Twitter so one of the um, things in question she shared was um, staying at Elon Musk's house has been like a real episode of Get Out and then she <laughs> shared another thing that said um, Elon Musk is better of hiring an escort at least the, an escort yeah, would have kept so her mouth shut about his business um, I like the bit where uh, she accuses him of being too stupid to know not to go on Twitter while on acid right yep um, what was the other thing she said um, a beta male who took steroids yes. and got hair plugs to convince himself he was an alpha I mean is she wrong I don't was, know right and then she said um, lol I waited around all weekend while Grimes coddled her boyfriend for being too stupid not to go on Twitter on acid like you just said yeah. um, then she had the nerve to ghost and book me a first class through, flight through Rock Nation as if she's big enough to send me out of LA ha I, mean, I should have is. stayed my ass in NYC they invited me here to stay and told me I couldn't bring my boyfriend it was probably some weird sex thing to begin with then on the 21st of August, uh, Azealia Banks shared some more screenshots of herself chatting with Grimes via Signal, which is a chatting thing, I think. Um, It's not really sure when these are because she's sort of blacked out the number at the top and everything, but they were, um, it's most likely that they were either leading up to or at the beginning of the weekend that um, Azealia Banks had first arrived. Um, Regardless of the timing itself, um, it's... Is this the bit where Grimes boasts about him having a job? Yeah, so basically she talks, um, Grimes alludes to the fact that she was the one that introduced Elon Musk to weed and that while high he apparently thought it would be funny to make... A 420 joke um, <laughs> and then that's the joke that's in the, question the Tesla joke. yeah so that's the joke in question that may actually qualify as securities fraud um, in a recent interview Musk told the New York Times that he was not on weed and that he'd rounded the dollar figure to in the tweet up from um, $419 a 20% premium <laughs> above where Tesla had recently been trading um, and considered his post to be um, transparent so basically he was supposed to only do it to 419 and then did it to 420 it's sort um, of funny and then there are just these screen grabs between Grimes and Azealia Banks. Which are, are the best bit, because this is the bit where wild. we entered in, where I hadn't even realised the rest was and happening the fa- until these yeah, exactly. like, so texts same. came through. So Grimes is just really blasé about it. Um, they both text like absolute children as well. Yeah, like, and then one one of the things that Graham says is, um, "We need to find you a boyfriend so he can be pregnant at the same time." And then I just thought, like, Azealia Banks is then telling Grimes to like chill out. She's like, "Please listen to me and do your album, sober up, then get pregnant." Like, imagine Azealia Banks being the voice. Of Elon reason. Musk on like, August thirteenth had denied that he'd met Azealia. Oh, this Banks, is brilliant! But then, um, and they hadn't communicated in any way but then he then had to clarify this with the new york times on august 16th that he did actually people see her knew that because people were like there. so august 18th this is batshit um azealia banks claims that elon musk has been tapping her phone shares more text conversations with grimes yeah. grimes says well wow the russians want elon dead and then azealia banks says um are you sure they can't read these um this is As Grimes weird. says, by proxy, we're all kidnapping fodder. Elon runs this service. It's encrypted out of the arse. And then she says, E has a giant dick. 
Is this a bit also where Azealia Banks calls Elon Musk a wild thornberry, which might be like yep. the best yep. thing? Yeah, so that she is says, witty. Graham says, E has a giant dick. I guess I could measure it. Um, he's always like, what the no. fuck though? Which is not even a sentence. No, and then Azealia Banks asks, isn't he South African? Um, <laughs> and Graham says, but you know, South African white people from that era are just the worst, most proper English people, basically. And then Azealia Banks refers to him as being wild a thornberry. A wild thornberry. Grimes wow. agrees he has a fake made up accent like it's not South Africa his family talks South African and he has this weird accent that doesn't exactly exist and he doesn't know why imagine sharing all of this stuff um, so by August 20th Elon Musk and Grimes have unfollowed each other on Instagram August 21st he deletes his account Grimes hasn't commented um, Azealia Banks has claimed that Elon Musk has threatened her with blackmail she then shares some more screenshots between her and Grimes about sort of the legal goings on and then August 19th as well Azealia Banks then shares her apology saying I feel terrible about everything Um, all of the painful events that you've endured over the past week um, Banks claimed the information she'd been given about Musk via her communications with an unnamed person assumed to be Grimes made her feel awkward and uncomfortable. I never had any intentions of using the information against you before offering to meet in person so she could formally introduce myself to you. Um, she concludes the letter by writing, after all, we are now the co-stars of pop culture's latest fan fiction. I mean, true. And then she told Rolling Stone she doesn't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> this is, I'm so over this. After posting everything on my Instagram and Twitter, I'm so over this. Elon so, Musk is like Lex Luthor in the grand scheme. He really is. Grimes, I really like Grimes's music, but this is made this me is just... like she is not a person to be like spending time with. No. I don't think she'd be a cool friend, no. like a chill friend at all. Zelia Banks is just someone who seems like she gets embroiled in stuff really easily. Well, I um managed to so I I started to put together a list yeah. because I was like, oh yeah, I remember that witchcraft thing, and I was like, what other weird things has Azealia Banks been involved with? And I listed that she's had public spats with, and this isn't everyone, but includes uh, Iggy Azalea, Stone Roses, Rita Ora, Lady Gaga, ASAP Rocky, Pharrell Williams, Nicki Minaj, T.I., Angel Hayes, Beyonce, Lily Allen, Action Bronson, Kanye West, Perez Hilton, Cardi B, Zayn Malik. That's just some of them. They're just the big personalities I do recognise. She's just batshit. I do think the thing with this in particular is just that like Grimes could probably be getting as much shit as Azealia Banks is, but yeah. she isn't, which I think speaks volumes about the way that Azealia Banks I mean, is treated. Azealia Banks also, has got a point sometimes, yeah. even if it's like the way she act, like the way she sort of acts out. Yeah, that point I do think is that she often horrendous. is is made a bit of a pariah. But also, I think that Elon Musk is just the devil. So. He is. What I took away from this is so you're so rich and famous that there was a girl you don't know in your house for two days and you were either not fully aware of it or just didn't care and like went away. Isn't that bananas? Imagine just leaving a stranger. Isn't that so bananas? I'd be nervous about leaving someone I know in my house for two... But then you're rich enough to not care and make jokes about something regarding trading for your multi-billion dollar company. Right. That now you're actually in a I just think he's where... thick. He must just be thick. Well, there There's all, all these stuff... people in power who are just complete idiots. He just strikes me as a bit of a megalomaniac. And then there was the stuff recently with the um, the boys, the football team that were stuck in a cave in Thailand and oh, who yeah. made the tiny submarine. Oh my God. And then he, he dropped it off there and then they didn't need it because they said it's not going to work and it needs divers. And then he called one of the divers a pedo. And then he apologised. But then this he's week... He's just he... a child, ben, isn't Then he? this week he's... Isn't it telling that the guy in question hasn't come back to me with legal like proceedings... Like no, it's what, not. up against Elon Musk. Yeah, I no, can it's imagine probably why. more that he doesn't want to go up against you, not that he's actually doesn't stand a, a chance, probably like... because he hasn't got money. Mm. Um, so Azealia Banks's phone that went 
missing or is with like Elon Musk's attorneys or something I would love to know what's actually on there aside from all the stuff she's already like documented whether it's true or not I feel like she must have some sort of incriminating she's like WikiLeaks yeah she's Azealia Banks is literally WikiLeaks maybe she'll bring down Tesla she is can you can you would we be thankful or not maybe it's the one good thing Azealia Banks will do it could be her legacy that actually she's been doing some really great two on two and the downfall of Tesla and Elon Musk Sorry, that's news done. We'll move on to what we're currently enjoying. Um, we if we do movies first, yeah. we have just returned home. We have literally we just returned take? home. I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that we do this. We did this after Ladybird as well. That was we're right like, though. Hot off the press, we come out of the cinema and then we go on pod. Um, that's why we have to preface it by saying it's a hot take. Hot take. I need to because I think we'll probably need to judge. There's our fresh digest. memories of a quite harrowing experience. At least I'll remember so, what uh, happened and yeah, exactly. did gut reactions. Yeah. So um, we've just returned back from seeing Black Klansman. Yeah. Um, so it's directed by legendary director Spike Lee, responsible for many classics, including Do the Right Thing, She's Got to Have It, Malcolm X. Um, it stars Adam Driver, Topher Grace, Laura Harrier, and of course uh, John David Washington as Ron Stallworth, who's Who's son of Denzel Washington, which I didn't realise. He? He's the son he, of really? Denzel Washington. Yeah. Oh. Cool, huh? Who knew? Who knew? I didn't know His that. name's Washington. Um, Suddenly he, it all makes sense. Yeah, so he plays Ron Stallworth, whose um, autobiography on which the film is based. Um, Ron Stallworth was the first African-American detective in Colorado Springs PD, and he infiltrated the local Ku Klux Klan, along with his um, police colleague, um, Flip Zimmerman, who's played by Adam Driver. Zimmerman is a great name as um, well. On, in the US, it was released on August 10th, um, on the one-year anniversary of Unite the Right rally, which was the white supremacist gathering which took place in Charlottesville last year and resulted in riots which um, is alluded to at the end of the film yeah. which is not really a spoiler but there is a, a lot of significant footage at the end of the film yeah. of the riots and it's kind of bookended isn't it because you've yeah. got Gone with the Wind at the beginning yeah. and then you've got Birth of the Nation kind of halfway through yeah. and then you've got Charlottesville at the end yeah so it's 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 quite a um, harrowing film very prescient given the current yeah. political climate there are a lot of things I felt when we were watching it that were probably purposefully lines in particular that were purposefully inserted just to make you realise how fucking shit things are now I oh mean, yeah I mean that was the timing a, the timing is really important it's, in it's, film, it's not it? um, it's not accidental at all there's one particular scene so we won't do too many spoilers I suppose no. but it, it there is one particular scene which I thought was quite interesting where um, there's um, Ron and one of his um, superior officers mm. are having a conversation about how actually the clan are becoming more politicised oh my actually, god this that's bit, the yeah. way how their agenda is going to be pushed further because they're going to get into positions of power and Ron's just but like basically oh, laughing it off yeah, like that saying like, and, and his officers like one day there'll probably be someone in the White House that's push- pushing this kind of agenda and Ron's like haha that's ridiculous you're crazy and, and the guy's like no like it's very naive of you as yeah. like a black person to, to not realise so, that that and, and I just thought like that's that's definitely included yeah. as a very much a like oh wasn't it isn't it funny that you know no one's really thought about at the time no one was really yeah. Weird, want, yeah. you know querying why what's weird, weird as well is that this week I finished reading The Dead Zone by Stephen mm-hmm. King which was written in I can't remember what it's set in the 70s yeah. and in that um, the whole premise or like the plot is driven towards a point where this guy who has um, these abilities and can see in the future when he touches people um, touches a politician who's like an up and coming sort of like every man's politician and sees in the future that he's going to become the president and he's basically going to destroy America start a nuclear war um, and he's just like an evil corrupt man so the plot is kind of driven towards him trying to stop this man because he's like there cannot be someone in presidency like this who will just effectively destroy America and like drive everyone apart and again I was like 
like, wow, how funny that I'm reading this right now. Well, I th- again, for me, I, so when we were watching it, there's one, there's a scene towards the end where there's sort of the um, the clan inauguration and one mm. of the things they talk about is Birth of a Nation, D.W. Griffith's um, film from the, I think it's 1920s. Yeah. Um, and I'd I recently started listening to the You Must Remember This Oh, podcast, yes, yeah, yeah. One of the, Such a the great episodes podcast. I listened to a couple of weeks ago was talking about D.W. Griffiths himself yeah, and talks yeah. about birth of a nation is this the charles manson are you listening to the charles manson series have you gone on to i've done that i'm doing the kenneth anger but they but in the hollywood babylon fact checking Mm. episodes they talk about dw griffiths they talk about birth of a nation and the fact that it just had such it was propaganda Mm. really and and is and was used by so many people to just further racial divides and obviously that's what in in its role in the film is a bunch of clan members sat around watching it using it as an excuse to sort of be like oh yeah well this is why i don't like people of a different colour to me and I just I think it's a really difficult film to enjoy because I think it is I thought there would I I kind of anticipated it being like I thought there would be lighter moments and then there would be like interspersed heavy moments or it would lead to it like it'd be quite light and lead to a heavy moment but actually it was a lot heavier throughout yeah a thing that I was really apprehensive about going into it was watching it in an audience a big audience because I know that I'd seen a lot of reports online from especially in in less diverse areas Mm. shall we say of of there being like a general level of unease of when you're like sat surrounded by a bunch of people that are kind of like laughing at stuff that's purposefully uncomfortable sitting in a cinema of white people yeah basically being like ha ha that's really you know like laughing at some of the more racist elements and because we went so funny racist character because we went so early this morning um, and there were only there was us there. and like yeah. three other people. I'm really glad because I think that I remember when we went to see Three Billboards, and I know we've got very differing yeah. views about mm. it. But there, I know there were some situations for me when we went to see Three Billboards with like the um, the character that Sam Rockwell plays, yeah. where he would just say stuff, laughed. and it's like he's doing it on purpose because you're not meant to like him. But people were laughing, and I was like, it's fine, but also like. Are you awkwardly not... laughing? Are you seriously yeah, laughing? Yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah. glad that we managed to avoid it. Wasn't, it wasn't, I don't think this film, like, bar, like, maybe two kind of sillier moments, I don't think this film was laughing out loud It was very, very, no. It's... It was way heavier than I anticipated, right from the, because the first, like, the first opening scenes are with Alec Baldwin, aren't mm-hmm. they? And that just made me feel, like, so, just right from the very opening. It sets the tone. Like, the vocabulary being yeah. used just is so horrendous yeah. to listen to. It's so embarrassing, and it's so... I, it's just you, I mean, horrible. I I find it really jarring, and I think the worst part is is watching it at, when someone's being so negative and derogatory and just awful about you know minority groups mm-hmm. and people that basically aren't white. Yeah, you know, quote unquote pure people. I just don't understand. Like, I, I think the difficulty is to watch it. It's just jarring because you're just like you know that there are people that think like that, and you're just you just can't believe no, it. Like, why it. I can't believe people like that exist. No. I can't believe like a scenario like this is based on reality I think and that's, talks about reality I, think the I just can't believe the, that the, the existence of this story itself so the fact that you know Stolworth decided to sort of along with the rest of the department infiltrate this particular chapter of the, the clan and then you, then it's just a wider picture of like the fact that the clan exists and the fact that now in 2018 the, the way that like the far right yeah. and, and white supremacist groups are so 
not accepted, but it's the fact that everyone's just like, oh, you know, it's a thing. Yeah. The stuff, it, like, yeah. That's, that, it, that, I mean, for it, it, there couldn't be a... Fil- uh, more there is... I mean, we all have... Like, I have a level of acceptance now that it's just a thing. You just... Like... That's, the fa- that's, that's what's wild, I have a level of acceptance that if I go on Twitter, I'm going to see a story, like, a day about something that relates to that, and it's almost like, scroll through, oh, yeah, more I shit's happening. I think the thing that, with this that felt like an absolute gut punch was, was the last... Those Charlottesville The last videos. five minutes with the videos from Charlottesville, because we'll you're be just... Like nothing has changed, it's getting worse. This That's is the thing. I think now. actually, the the videos at the end. I mean, a because they are real, obviously, but also I, they were just so brutal. Like it really hammered home, like the brutality. Now the way that it's this is a partial spoiler. So if you are planning on going to see it, then maybe skip, just like, skip forward twenty seconds or, or mute. But the fact that the way that that was handled in the film is that you go from a scene on the hillside with the clan yeah. in the film, yeah. you know, in full cloaks yeah. burning across, and then it transitions to the march through yeah. Charlottesville at that rally with people uh-huh. holding fucking like fire sticks yeah. on fire, walking through chanting you know about white power it's like i don't think that you could watch it even if you have any skepticism or criticisms about the factual inaccuracies or the way that the the story itself in the film is is portrayed yeah i don't think you can watch that and not just be like has there been criticism yeah so i think that there's one one of the the i haven't got any of the quotes down here but one of the things that was quite interesting is that um there is a director called boots riley boots boots riley Um, he's a musician and director he um directed a film that has come out in the states called sorry to bother you mm-hmm. oh yes um, yeah it's yeah. due to come out here i don't actually know if it's got distribution here yet or not which is a real shame because yeah. i'm really looking forward to seeing it but yeah. it's got the key stanfield yeah. tessa thompson army hammer Armand. um and also interestingly has a, is a is about a phone operator who uses his white voice on the phone mm-hmm. and and boots riley in particular i think has been quite outspoken about about black clansmen and whether actually the usefulness of it mm-hmm the timing of it mm. and also some of the way that the way that the portrayal of police in the film okay. um just in the way how they're sort of constructed as you know having done a good thing yeah yeah and you know not not that it's quite propaganda as being pro-police mm. but i think that's one of the things that he po- okay. points out and it's a really really what, really this film is yeah pro-police. it's really 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 interesting a piece to read um mm. i'll link to it on our tumblr and i'll send you the link as mm. well um because i'd completely forgotten it because i read I read his analysis of it mm. when he shared it at the start of last yeah. month and it was only when um, I was having a chat with Wes earlier yeah. he he brought it up and I was like oh yeah I completely forgot about that and it's just interesting actually just to sort of think about wider things like that I mean my gut reaction at this point anyway is that I enjoyed this in terms of the way that it it's represents really affecting and a really and for capturing a, like a a moment in time yeah. accuracy like capturing a moment in time and making it so timely like it's now. very it's very timely i, I think thought it, it was a really i, I have seen well a couple of things online film. comparing sort of its its um its timing and, and its prescience um two three billboards yeah and i think that i enjoyed enjoyed quote unquote you know like that kind of really hard to I, but I, I think this is a better film mm. you can't really compare the two because they're incredibly different but i think that mm. this this feels more purposeful mm. but i mean i just felt really overwhelmed by it and yeah and, and to close as well on um to close on the Charlottesville clips and then it goes into Mary Don't You Weep by Prince was like <laughs> that was a lot yeah I mean um, I, I recommend people try and see it if they can it's been the first Spike Lee film which I've enjoyed in a really long yeah, time yeah I do I, think that yeah. he's got a particularly good knack at kind of yeah. creating films that are a comment about a political climate mm-hmm. and about social issues mm-hmm. i mean like do the right thing in particular mm-hmm. is is about the death of 
of a of an African American mm. man. So you know he's someone that does tend to respond to mm. the political and social climate. So and doesn't like rely on it. Didn't rely on comedy too much. No. You know when people lean on comedy a bit too much. Yeah. Whilst trying to, I guess three billboards is like an example yeah. of that. Is that it might actually be a bit too heavy on the mm-hmm. the jokes sometimes. Sometimes this was kind of I don't know. I thought it was going to be more like that. I did from the trailer. I absolutely and actually, did. Yeah. like it's sort of there's a few chuckles, but for the most part, I wouldn't say it's like a yeah. Way, like I, I a think funny I, film. I completely agree. I was exactly the same. I thought I was going to be. I think that's probably why I've been a bit skeptical as well. As I thought I was going to be walking into something that I would would make me feel uncomfortable. Like a few, for a like quite a few hair raising jokes. Yeah, but, but I don't think it did that. No, not at all. So um, yeah, definitely that's my. I think it's re- take. I think I'm going to stew on it for a bit and maybe read a bit around it and then possibly sort of reassess my feeling on it but um, I definitely would recommend anyone go and see it if they um, if they have the opportunity on to lighter things April tell us about your uh, other big film watch oh my god so on to more enjoyable things yes. now um, I when we did our 20th episode and we did our like favourite films of the year so far one thing I'd mentioned was um, Netflix's set it up which was a rom-com um, and I love a rom-com. And, love, and I, I mean, just, did anyone not know that you love a bloody right? rom-com? Um, and I just, I think at the time I remember just saying that actually it's something I really enjoy and I wish there were more of. And then, like someone had granted me an amazing <laughs> wish um, a couple of weekends fairy ago. Um, to all the boys I loved before. So it's like a Netflix joint. It's um, adapted from the Young Adult series by Jenny Han. Um, it's directed by Susan Johnson and stars uh, Lana Kandor as uh, Lara Jean Song Covey, uh, Noah Centineo as Peter Kavinsky, and I've written here in capital letters Aiden from Sex and the City. Ah, John Corbett. His actual name. Yeah. I, I did have to Google his name. Like, what's he called? Um, as Lara Jean's dad. Um, so Jenny Han, who's the author of this series, she's spoken quite openly about the fact that, and this is depressing as hell, that only one production company was interested in creating the film without whitewashing the lead. So in the yeah. books and indeed the film, um, Lara Jean's Korean American. Yeah. So in the books they are. Yeah, as they well. are. In, yeah. Okay. Um, in the books they are. But when it was sort of optioned and was going around various production companies who wanted yeah. to make. I know it. a really good white girl who could yeah, fill those she, shoes. Jenny Han had yeah. said that quite a few people had asked, "Oh, actually, could we make the lead?" It'd just be right. more appealing to a yeah. Hollywood market. That's depressing. So it's really great that that didn't happen with this. So the loose plot is um, Lara Jean has always had very intense crushes, and she writes secret letters to the boys in question as a way of dealing with her emotions. Um, case in point, she's in love with her older sister Margot's boyfriend Josh, who's a childhood friend who um, Lara Jean's had a crush on long before Margot and Josh began dating. Um, when the two break up and Margot goes to Scotland for college, um, uh, Lara Jean's letters are unearthed and sent to the intended re- uh, recipients, much to Lara Jean's horror. Um, in an attempt to make Josh jealous, um, she joins forces with one of those former infatuations and her first kiss, uh, Peter Kavinsky, who wants to make his ex-girlfriend Jen jealous. Uh, as you can imagine, um, it's a journey for both of them. Is it? Um, and they learn a lot about themselves and maybe even fall in love. Um, ah. I mean, I fucking loved it. That's not. That's not. Good I mean, there has been a huge. I haven't watched it, obviously. Oh my but God. there's been like the internet has sort of big exploded. hit online. Um, big old explosion of love. It is, it is the rom com of the summer. Um, it's part of that kind of mini. I thought resurgence. you were going to say the century. Well, it is the wrong wrong one of the century. I don't want to make any bold claims, but would you say so? It's just really good, man. Like it's not only is it good just because it's got a diverse cast, but and it's not even necessarily makes a nice change. Yeah, but it's not even like it's necessarily like a big plot point. Like it's mentioned that like. 
Well, that's what we need, right? It's Korean, just supposed it's to. It's not yeah. like it's a sort of point of it's exception. It's almost like we live anything. in a multicultural society. Yes, it's almost like it just reflects the way the world is. Um, Peter Kavinsky, so the actor Noah Centineo who plays him, has become part of an online phenomenon. Like he, he looks and sounds like Mark Ruffalo. Is His he the baby, young one? Is this, is this the one everyone's obsessed by now? Like instead of Timmy. Uh, there's been a lot of yeah talk. I guess yeah. there's been like, a lot of like not that I trail the Timmy hashtag or anything like that but there's been a lot of stuff about him someone like, I hmm, who do I love more him someone or someone I follow on Twitter and I don't have it but I will share it at some point is that they've done like a who's the flavour of the month on Twitter for like boys and at the flavor. moment it's, Lo- it's Noah Centineo February was Nick Robinson yeah which January is which is fine January was Timmy because that yeah. was Oscar's season yeah. and it's quite funny actually it's just when you see Timmy like particular January. actors yeah. kind of just all of a certain age, yeah, I which mean, is much younger than us. I really liked it. I thought it was just a really heartwarming story for teenagers and adults. It's just, it's just really nice. Yeah. It's just oh. Sometimes it's it's nice I, to have I mean, nice I, things. I love teen movies as well. Like when they're done particularly well, they can be really really affecting. And like um, Love Simon, right? Like Love Simon. Is it of the same ilk? Yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah. yeah, it's just really. They're cool in that family like, of great teen films. Yeah, Peter Kavinsky and Lara Jean's relationship is just really sweet. He's like an all. They're like well-rounded characters as well. You care about actual them. character development. Yeah, and and they're not they're not perfect. You know, they've got stuff going on, and you see how it affects them. Them and it's not just sort of like he's a jock she's a slightly quiet person and they're like oh worlds collide it's just very much like they're within each other's orbit and it's just i don't know it's very very good um if you're interested in kind of reading about the phenomenon of it all um hunter harris i don't think it's going to go away very quickly no so. hunter harris who's one of my favorite um people who, whose work i love to read he writes um for vulture she's written some um great pieces that are worth checking out she's done a lot of interviews and she's worth following on twitter as well because she's um because she's hilarious but if you haven't seen to all the boys i've loved before um then you should immediately make it some time and it's only like 90 minutes Woo-hoo! which we love we know, a 90 minute thing is my favorite have we repeated thing. this before also nero centino is adorable um and you should follow on instagram because he's just how old is he 22 oh that is well within three. range he just looks like mark ruffalo like it's just and he talks like mark ruffalo do you he fancy sounds like mark him ruffalo. yes okay yes i do okay i'm undecided but i mean sort of on I a, just, from a moral point of view that's acceptable i think that the thing is when he talks he sounds like mark ruffalo and he looks it's just like because mark you're ruffalo, thinking about mark ruffalo, and i'm thinking like it? he's baby mark ruffalo he's just a younger mark ruffalo yeah I mean, oh, he, what he's, a gift to have two in the world. I got, was like, oh, he's really, really hot. Like, I think he's amazing. And then I went on his Instagram and he just really loves EDM. Like, he's really friendly with, like, a, a dance musician oh. DJ. And I was like, oh, well, uh, we oh. probably haven't got mutual Oh, the age. Oh, but um, Lana Kandor, who, who plays Lara Jean, um, she did share um, something the other day about how she was feeling really... I think she was feeling really sad about something and... Um, Noah went round to see her and looked after her and like cleaned her apartment. So he just seems like a really chill guy. Oh, what a nice man! He just seems really normal, you know. Why does he never cleans up? Yeah. House? So God, you know, g- give him him? some attention. Yeah. On to TV. Shall we do? Uh, Shall we do sharp objects, which mm. you finished this morning? I just I finished this morning. <laughs> I don't think we did. We have we mentioned it before? Don't think we have. I think um, we said maybe we were looking forward to it. I think we briefly mentioned that we'd started it maybe yeah. during the last, but we weren't at a point where we could say whether it was in our top. No, 20 I have a not. feeling I'd watched one episode mm. and you'd maybe watch two episodes. Yeah. 
I managed to stick to the week because it came came out on HBO in yeah. America, premiered on the eighth of July for ten episodes. Came out here, and we've been watching it on Now TV, and it's been like a it's been nice for once to have a week by week release. I quite like in, a weekly program in tune, at the same time. Yes, in tune with the American release as well. Because usually we have to avoid the internet for spoilers. Oh my there god! So or many things. find nefarious ways to stream things that aren't even don't even have like a release date in England. Yeah, yet. I think I did that with Big Little Lies. Yeah. Maybe I, I've just I, done it with Castle Rock. It's just yeah, frustrating. The worst. So, um, Sharp Objects. It's for it was HBO, like you just said. It was directed by um, Jean Marc Vallée, um, who is responsible for Big Little Lies Big Little and Lies. Dallas Buyers Club mm-hmm. and a film called Demolition with Jake Gyllenhaal in, which no one cares about. Which I do, but you, but me. Um, it's a great film though. Um, it's adapted from the Gillian. F- oh, it's Gillian, isn't it? Gillian. Oh, I, like, ha- I can't like call Gilly. it. I can't like Gilly it. from Skins. I no, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. I can't call it Gillian. 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 Like Gil- Like Gillian Flynn. Gillian Flynn. Um, Gillian Flynn's novel of the same name um, stars Amy Adams as journalist Camille Preka, who's sent back to her former home of Wingate, Missouri, on assignment to cover the sudden and mysterious murders of multiple teen girls in the area. Um, while she's there, we meet her overbearing mother, Adora, played amazingly by Patricia mm-hmm. Clarkson, um, her sport half sister Emma, and as well as uh, visiting detective Richard Willis, who's played by Chris Messina. Don't look at me. I can't look at you. <laughs> Don't you look at me? Don't you look at me? Um, yeah, so it was eight episodes. Uh, oh, I thought it was ten. Why did I think it was... Oh, no, it was eight, wasn't it? It was eight, Sorry, yeah. I said ten. I think I thought it was ten. And then when I watched the, the, the finale this morning... That was totally eight. It was episode yeah. ten. I mean, what was your kind of overall overall feeling about it? As an it? overall feeling, and bearing in mind I haven't read the book yet. So oh, have you read I've, it? No, I haven't oh, read So I've I'm read Gone so Girl, jealous. but I haven't read... So I'm th- going to... It's on my to-do... Yeah, it's on my to-read to list I now. I think that of... of um, of Gillian Flynn's three books, mm-hmm. so Gone Girl, Sharp Objects, and Dark Places, mm. I think it's the probably best. the better. Good. I mean, I like I all found, three of them. I thought Gone Girl was fine, but like I wasn't blown away by the it. The book. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was fine. I, yeah, I think I, I enjoyed it. This one's got murder in it, so yeah. I mean, you should read like Dark Places at some point, because it's about weird like murder, people who are obsessed with like solving true crime. Oh, hey, it's us! Yeah, um, yeah I will. My oh, big, I guess my... I know. Well, I'll keep you posted when I start. It's on my to-read list. Um, My hot takes are... um, It's an interesting companion piece to Big Little Lies, isn't it? I know that's been sort of brought up quite a lot. Um, I I really... I did enjoy it, actually, and I enjoyed... I feel like it wouldn't... I know quite a few people said it would benefit from a binge watch. I feel like I would have got bored if I tried Hmm. to binge watch it. So one of the articles that I read, and I think I did send to you, was Alison Herman for The Ringer, Mm, which was um, Sharp Objects as a Mood, and she talks about how she'd seen all of the episodes apart from the finale in advance Mm. because she's a member of the press. Yeah. And she enjoyed actually the experience of watching mm. it all at once rather than... I think than, I, I don't, found that too hard. I think, well, I think I got behind on quite a few episodes. Mm. You, you think, had to catch up, didn't you? I think there was a there was a time where I was behind on three episodes mm. and I had to really pace myself because I did two and then I think I had to leave the third of them to like a couple of days later because yeah, I couldn't yeah. do... I, it was, too it was I too think intense. it would be too much Yeah, to so watch. I don't agree with that yeah. at all. It's a real... I mean, it is a slow burner. Mm. I'm a big fan of like the Southern Gothic as a mood. Yes. So that kind of hazy, suffocating feeling of being like in a small town in Missouri. That and house. pretty much... Yeah, that house that is such a like yep. typical kind of image, isn't it? 
um all of the kind of the weird like historical reenactments they had like this weird brewing well underlying racism that's like mm. clearly there it's all the soundtrack it's all very much as you say like a it mood were, that yeah I'm the way really the, into that kind of vibe is very like when i was doing my ma and i read like a lot of like flannery o'connor yes, and that kind of yeah. stuff it's just very much that kind of hazy, small town american yeah. living that yeah. i'm kind of obsessed by in a weird way yeah literally. um but and i think it deals with themes of kind of trauma and women and family and addiction and cruelty and all these things really interestingly i found it really interesting that it kind of begins with this like this murder mystery but that's not the real plot it's not the real focus so i really um i really enjoyed it um i found most of the characters completely intolerable like oh my god camille's mum i just like, I just wanted to scream. I couldn't deal with her. Well, I just I, couldn't deal with her. And Amma was terrifying. What's interesting, actually, so having read the book, mm. and then without being too spoilery about it, one one of the things I found about reading Sharp Objects is I don't think... I, I While I, while I empathised with Camille a lot, and I did in, mm. in the show as mm. well, um, because she's obviously a very complicated... Um, person and when she goes back to Wind Gap and you see her mum and you kind of learn more about God, her God, you do feel sorry for her, You do you? understand why she's a complete product of that. Mm. But like, in the book in particular, I think that I don't... I mean, in, in um, Chris Messina's character in the show, uh, Richard Willis, in the book, is just not as... They've def- they've expanded they've that character. They've definitely expanded that. Because that was a really po- interesting. Yeah, there's a point in the book where he just basically kind of just sacks Camille off, really, right. for various reasons. Um, but there's... Uh, there's they're not likable characters. No. In the book, I was just like, I like Camille to a point, but like not really. I think, like, well, maybe, I a think lot of her, but... is she more likable in the show, do you think? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, felt, yeah. I felt really but sorry no, for her. I think that maybe has a lot to do with the way that Amy Adams portrayed her, yeah. the fact that I like Amy Adams, the fact that it's visual. What a performance kind of, from Amy Adams. She's such amazing. Such a good performance. Like, she was very, I mean, the, the, sort of, the book is just as claustrophobic and, and dark as the, the, the show is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of subtext, which I think yeah. you probably... I'd be interesting to see if you yeah. what you kind of think yeah. about that because I think with the with the show um, you have to kind of to sort of hone in on a lot of that mm. there's a lot of subtext almost purposefully sl- uh, so um, it's definitely a bit of a slow burn a lot of the frustrations that I've read from people saying that actually they didn't like it as much as they thought they were going to and they um, are about that so about the pacing the sort of mm-hmm. sameness of the yeah. episodes oh it is very same but I do think I think it's purposefully alienating I think yeah. the whole point is that like you say it starts with the it's a bit it's a bit twin peaks in that regard yeah. in that it starts with a murder yeah and and, and the the death of this of, of this one particular girl mm. but then actually it's not necessarily really about that it's, it's no, about other no. stuff it's about yeah. Camille it's about the relationship with her mother it's about kind of what happens when you've got someone that's particularly toxic mm. and you know she's very matriarchal very very southern yeah in charge Fucking mother. <laughs> and what happens when actually that the insidious nature of that when you are in a in a you are the affluent you're in a house tiny you, town yeah absolutely when your mum your mum essentially is really well revered in the community that you know almost untouchable some really shady characters yeah and just yeah I I mean, for me, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Wes really enjoyed it as well. Um, I, the final episode, um, obviously, I didn't know what the outcome was because I hadn't read the book. I didn't yeah. know what the twist would be. Personally, I didn't 
not until the like near the end mm-hmm. did I get like did I clock what the twist would be. Mm-hmm. So for most of the entire season and the final episode, I was clueless. When I felt like the final episode was rushed, though, I felt like that end with uh, Camille's mother being sort of like found out, Camille being saved, her mum's arrested, her mum goes to prison, Camille picks up Amma, Amma goes to live with her, like, and I won't reveal the, you the know, the last ten minutes, it really ramps up. The last up. ten minutes, it just, it happened so quickly yeah. that I, I really enjoyed the fact that it finished on like a really sharp uh, cliffhanger yeah. I thought that was quite cool I was mm-hmm. like whoa but the rest of it felt really rushed and I do know just from research that there is more sort of epilogue in the book yeah there is do you think it would have benefited from having more including more of the epilogue because I thought the cliffhanger was really clever but it did feel really rushed Um, I don't know really because it's I mean it's funny because I, I realised probably about by episode four. I mean, because I read the book probably... Did you remember the cliffhanger? Four or five years ago. Yeah. Um. No, actually, so at one point I thought... Spo- I'm, I'm just going to say there's a spoiler. Are you going to spoil So at one point I did okay, think that spoiler, it was... Okay, spoiler, 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 go spoiler, forward. Spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. Um, I did think it was going to be Adora. Mm. I thought it was a door. Yeah, I mean, thing. and it is to sort of a point, I suppose, mm. but I didn't realise the, what the other kind of conclusion was. But um, when they arrest the door at the end, mm-hmm. I was like, I was saying to Wes, like, how the fuck would she have done most of this? Yeah. And I just don't buy into the fact that she no, would have there's done a lot it. more in If the it book. had ended yeah. as that, I would have been like, that's the shittest ending. The book is interesting because it does have this kind of like post door as a, a arrest and then Amma, what happens to Amma? you know her moving with Camille and and that kind of aftermath and it is more interesting but then also I don't necessarily think that the show A needed it and B no. I just think it would have been a bit of a slog I wonder if they sh- just should have paced the final episode a bit yeah, better I mean, like I, it could still have ended where it ended yeah but so I, think it I mean just... there's an interview um, I mean there are some but it's worth bearing in mind that actually if you've watched this show and you are interested in reading more about it like the things that I found were interesting there were quite a few pieces on Vulture um, there's one in particular which is about all the words which appear on the show um, on Camille's body and also oh, just yeah. appearing elsewhere so either it's like signage or and, and you see it from her perspective so it's her seeing stuff that's really interesting it has loads of screen caps and there was stuff in there that I hadn't realised mm. um, there was another piece as well about four things in particular that were alluded to throughout which gave real big signposts I got a couple of did them it. yeah and when I looked I was like oh yeah um, and then, then there's another one which is an interview with Gillian Flynn about the way that the end about the finale in particular mm. and the way that it differs significantly was she an exact producer on she this? wrote the yeah. screenplay oh, right, yeah. or did some of okay. the episodes and one of the things she was asked about the odds of a season two and whether she has an interest in it please no um, <laughs> and she said this was the story this was the story we wanted to tell I'm really happy with where we are right now so I, I am really hoping hope they don't do they anything. don't do it, I don't think can we not just it. have some like one-off limited yeah, series I did, that's the whole point is that I feel like unlike Big Little Lies where I think there's probably a lot more that you could expand upon but that was so like and it's, it's it always, became like a character like Big Little Lies was so much of a character study yeah and then like the actual kind of the, the whodunit kind of yeah. plot was like an interesting to hang thing to hang those characters wasn't off, but that wasn't either. the yeah. again with the I guess like the murder not being the main thing. Yeah. But I don't know. I think I think the character development in Big Little Lies is such that it would just work. It bodes itself, yeah, yeah, well to sort of a continuation. The thing, I mean, the th- when watching this, it did make me kind of 
really wish they were, would adopt um, Dark Places for, for TV. Yeah. They made it into a film with um, Charlize Theron and Nicholas Holt a few years oh, ago, yeah. but it basically went straight it to DVD. Bombed. I don't think it's very yeah. good. I haven't watched it because um, I, I really like that book in particular. Don't well. ruin it. Um, so I'm really not that fussed. I mean, I do think that the thing with Sharp Objects that's probably, that just does come down to the Jean-Marc Vallée's involvement is that it does get automatically compared to Big Little Lies. Yeah. And because of Gillian Flynn involvement and the fact that it's based on her book yeah. it's, it's also been talked about in conjunction with Gone, Gone Girl, Girl which the is big not... little lies thing though I didn't even know until like I hadn't because I hadn't read around sharp yeah. objects much I didn't even realise that there they little... were actually connected it by like there are little things that I think that I picked up on watching it from a visual point of view which is more to do with the way that Jean-Marc Vallée shoots his mm. films and that's just I think that probably just comes from having like watched this having watched Big Little Lies there are da- a lot of da- similarities Dallas da- yeah. Demolition like yeah, he just yeah. has a very unique visual styling mm. um, which I think that I think if you watch them all back to back there would be a lot of synergy it. within it but um, yeah I mean I, I sort of I can understand why people wouldn't have been necessarily we know a few people who it. couldn't get through it yeah. and just found it a complete slow and I think that's also fine but I just I, think it's I, the point I think it's meant to be this lingering slow burn I don't know whether it's just because that whole southern gothic vibe like I I'm think, really into yeah, anyway I think that's the thing and I love the well. ideas behind it and like the I don't know just a lot of the psychology around those kind of domestic situations I find really fascinating yeah. so I was quite happy to kind of sit in it Whereas like I can small, totally understand that it wouldn't be... Small town mindset, which I'm always really interested in, especially yeah. in those particular kind of like Midwestern, yeah. Southern states. So, yeah. so Just grim. <laughs> very, very, very grim. Yeah. Um, you have been watching Castle Rock. <sighs> oh, April. Tell me about I'm Castle so, Rock. I'm so pleased I, I finally will get to preface this it. by saying the only thing I know about Castle Rock is, one, that it's Stephen King. Yes. Two... It has a Skarsgård. It has a Skarsgård, the so, best Skarsgård. Um, the floor is yours to tell. This is me, me talking about, about Bill Skarsgård for ten hours. It's not, um, but he is the best Skarsgård, mm-hmm. as you, I know you agree. I agree. Um, this has just brought me so. This has been my obsession, like this precursor to obsession of the week. My summer obsession is Castle Rock, um, which I've been waiting for for a while. Um, it's created by Sam Shaw and Dustin Thomason. Um, it lists J.J. Abrams and Stephen King as exec producers as oh, well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it premiered on Hulu on the 25th of July. It's 10 episodes long. Um, it is, and I'm not sure how I feel about this yet, so, yeah, although I think it will be fine. It's an anthology series. It's already got a second series in the running, um, so it's going to carry on. It is based in the fictional setting of Castle Rock, which is in the Stephen King universe. Um, Isn't it funny to think of it of the Stephen King universe being like the MCU? It is, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's so like much... my version of the it MCU. Is, isn't it? I love it. Um, Castle Rock is a location for, uh, amongst others, um, the Body, which is the short story for Stand by Me. Yeah. Uh, the Dead Zone, which I've just read, Cujo with the dog, uh, the Dark oh, Half, yeah, and it features in dozens of other novels and short mm-hmm. stories. And I've missed off Needful Things, which is one of the biggies as well. Um, there are lo- there are loads of allusions to the Stephen King universe as well, and many other books. There's been a lot of hype for this, and we're in a Stephen King renaissance, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am, I guess, like a, a like a Kingophile in progress. I yeah. couldn't call myself like Ongoing. a Stephen King. Yes, it's. <laughs> It's going to take a lot of like dedication to get to a level where I feel like I've got like real hard hitting opinions on this, but still. Um, so the synopsis is that uh, in 2018, on his last day as warden of Shawshank State Penitentiary, oh. hmm, Dale Lacey commits suicide. The new warden that 
um, replaces him, plans to reopen a block of the prison that's been abandoned, and during a bed count, the officers find the kid, Bill Skarsgård. Sure. He's locked in an underground cage. He asks for Henry Deaver, who's a criminal law attorney in Texas who specialises in capital punishment cases, who has no idea who the kid is. Sure. Um, is that why he's called did, the kid? Yeah, he right. did, but he was originally... Um, so Henry Deaver, this criminal law attorney, lives in Texas, but he was originally from Castle Rock. Oh, okay. So he finds out that... Um, this random kid found in a locked cage um, is asking for him. So he returns to Castle Rock and to his mum, who is played by Sissy Spacek, who's amazing, amazing, uh, who's suffering from dementia. He goes back to stay with her to kind of investigate the case. So the idea behind it is that Castle Rock in Stephen King's novels is obvious a place obviously a place where weird shit happens mm-hmm. and where people seem to be driven to do horrible things. Sure. Um, at one point, a character in the show says, I guess everyone thinks they grew up in the worst place on earth, huh? Like, mm-hmm. this actually is. Um, so that's where the anthology idea comes uh, from. Okay. And that once they wrap this up, they could do something completely different because sure. it, it links to Castle Rock. Yeah. Um, the cast is so good. So it's got Bill Skarsgård, obviously, as the sure. kid. Okay, babe. Andre Holland as Henry Diva, who was in Moonlight. Yeah. Sissy Spacek as Ruth Diva, who, I mean, probably best known as Carrie. Yeah. It's got Scott Glenn as Alan Pangborn, who's really similar in Leftovers as well. It's yeah. just so, so good. Um, dozens of others. I was also really pleased to see Terry O'Quinn, who's Locke in Lost, sure. on there. Rory Culkin's in there. Lovely. Yay. The guy who plays Ansel Elgott's deaf adoptive father and Baby Driver's in it oh, as well. Sure. And he is a deaf actor, yeah. which I didn't realise. Anyway, um, so I guess uh, I'm almost finished with it. I think there's been eight episodes Mm -hmm. and it's been, uh, I think, just it's been so much better than I think a lot of people expected. Um, There's enough references in there for people who love Stephen King to be kind of happy, but none of it is necessary to the plot at all. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really tense. It's really creepy, but it's not it could easily be quite cheesy but it's not there's a lot of kind of domestic terror in there there's some real twin peaks vibes there's a lot of stuff about a noise in the forest and it's like (laughs) access to another world that sort of thing but it's the character development that's kind of flawless um the episode seven which has been on doing the rounds on the internet a lot called the queen is a ruth diva centric episode um which i think loads of people are going to call for like emmys and you know awards for it it's like a character study just on ruth diva Mm -hmm. um and her dementia and it kind of it's a, it's an hour and a, it's just over an hour long when I think the rest of the episodes are like 45 minutes and it's her experiencing her dementia from her point of view no in way. her house um, but it also it's like a bottleneck episode focuses on the character but also answers a lot of like key plot yeah. points as well That's awesome. so it's really yeah it's really really interesting Stephen King approves which doesn't often happen at yeah, all yeah so I was going to say he's been quite critical he before of, hates of most things adaptations yeah he work, likes Mr Mercedes he? and he likes likes this so that's yeah but i think stephen king's novels are really great at character development yeah stephen king adaptions are often aren't like yeah. it was really good for that i think mm-hmm. like the remake yeah like, the kids were had really great character development but a lot of other stuff doesn't whereas this does um i don't have a lot of people to share it with at the moment mm-hmm. von's promise she's going to watch it hasn't got a viewing date in england yet, yeah so yeah, i think i'd pain in the arse. i think i would be tempted to give it a go if if and when it reaches and because it's a limited and I hope series it does, yeah i think actually like i don't know anything about the sort of wider universe of stephen king don't really need, within you really reason, don't need but to the impression i get from you and from sort of bits i've seen from various sort of 
cultural critics online mm. in particular have said that actually like you didn't necessarily like it's a good show of its yeah. own so actually i think if it if and when it appears on streaming mm. or um anything else like that i think i'm, I'm tempted yeah because also just the cast seems amazing i the love cast is so Cissy spacek is always amazing to watch one She's of them just amazing alan it's nice that so Scott Glenn and Sissy Spacek have such central roles in mm-hmm. this and I don't think you often get like older actors and actresses who are so great yeah. getting central roles Sissy like Spacek that. as well is so consistently good I remember like obviously like, the first time I saw her in anything was when I finally got around to watching Carrie mm. and then have you seen Badlands? No I haven't Oh no. my god Badlands is so good I remember watching it like it was on TV once late and night and I just stumbled across it and she's like fucking incredible in that and, and she just seems to be someone that like has just sort of probably has been in some shit but then also mm, she turns it out so and stuff she's Like just, I watched them um, They're like royalty together and yeah, they're just so yeah, good Yeah absolutely it's just lovely, but yeah, and there's a and there are a lot of actors in this who have been in other King adaptions, so which I think quite cool. Which I think is maybe partially deliberate, Probably. so that's nice. But there are, you know, there's only one real clunker in it, which is that one of the characters is called Jackie Torrance, as in like sure. yeah, The Shining, which is like so obvious. It's kind it's of like subtle, isn't it? whereas the rest of stuff it could be like you know um, the kid was taken to a, a house like sort of almost like a mental asylum like a mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. Um, and it happens to be the home that the bully from it like the young guy oh, um, was sure. taken to when he's older after he kills his father in yeah. the film like tiny things that don't yeah, matter that you wouldn't at necessarily all, yeah but it just means that there's something at oh, okay. work but basically Bill Skarsgård is One Hill was the be- I mean for a guy who's so fucking creepy They've made him to look like he's about eight feet tall. He's got almost like a hunchback and he's lumbering. He's so hot. He's unreal levels of hot. He's so attractive. It's amazing. Um, and I just I could watch it just alone just for him. I mean, but um, I, would, I, would, I would highly recommend it to anyone who likes any of those things. Um, and also shout out to the Losers Club podcast, which I've talked about before oh, yeah. because they are my only friends in this and they have been doing <laughs> such like two hour long deep dives into the show episodes that it's just brought me so much joy but um yeah I, I can get off my like castle rock the high horse now but it's been a it's it's been a fun one um so on the music front um ariana grande's album sweetener finally came out yes um it's her fourth uh full-length um lp first since 2016's dangerous women and also the first since um the manchester terrorist attacks which obviously she was um caught up in um it was heavily profiled on social media the build-up to it was just sort of very obvious um mm. across instagram in particular um it had three singles in advance uh no tears left to cry the light is coming god is a woman mm. and we briefly talked about kind of ariana on previous episodes on our last episode I talked about the singles and how I'd much Mm. I'd enjoyed them um, and how I was looking forward to the album Um, so the sort of the film that features other appearances from Nicki Minaj Missy Elliott and Pharrell Williams Mm. who was also involved in some of the production Um, I really like this yeah and who knew that we'd ever get to this point I I never thought at any point we'd be an Ariana Grande I'd be like oh I've been listening relentlessly to Ariana Grande I think I'd said before and we'd both been in agreement that when I try to listen listen to her previous albums there wasn't there aren't any of them that I would listen to front to back no case in point I made a playlist the other day which was just like all of her standout Bangers. singles and songs she's appeared in because albums previous to this I just wasn't interested in I've just not really to. been I, I don't know they've just not they're either not my what thing, it is or just I've not just been there's thing. been some like significant I don't think they've been consistent it. in a way that like I don't know maybe I guess is that really corny thing of being like she's found her like 
her niche and her voice and her sound now, but it has felt like that a little bit. I do bit. think it's true a little bit. I think there's a lack of consistency on her other records that I wasn't down with, and now it just feels like this is this is it. I mean, I, I, like I really, solid. really enjoy it. Like I said, I really enjoyed those singles. Um, I also like um, Blazed. Yes. Um, R.E.M. Which R.E.M. Someone, is on my top tracks list Someone well. told me is a Beyonce cast-off. Is it? Yeah, and when I, when, I was, when I read that, and then I listened to it again... I was like, do you know what? I can't imagine so Beyonce if I singing this. Yeah, it's interesting. There's just there's, there's someone like the vocal patterning yeah. or the way lines are sung. I was like, like oh. I can completely imagine um, Beyonce singing that. Um, the fact that it's got a, a, a song called Pete Davidson. Oh my God. Is, He's is all over this record though, don't you think? It's Aww. just... Uh, yeah. just that Im- I feel like the impact of their rela- relationship is all over this record. And not in a bad way. Like in a good way. Um, it's like full of help, uh, hope and kind of yeah, happiness. Yeah, it's just that she seems like she's in a really good place. I like that um, she used an Imogen Heap song. Yeah. Um, she did Good Night and Go. Yeah. Right? Like my 16 year old self. I mean, super same. pumped. Yeah. Um, Get Well Soon, which is the closing track, yeah. um, is um, purposefully um, five minutes and 22 seconds. Because okay. um, 22nd of May mm-hmm. was when the attacks in Manchester happened. And there's 40 seconds of silence at the end of the song. Um, and people had speculated that the additional 40 seconds had been tapped on to make it 522. Mm. And I think she's confirmed that and said well, that it was like a nice kind of, it was her way of putting a tribute mm. on there that wasn't necessarily like Over obvious and overt, but it like, was just... Like I'm making a tribute. Yeah, it was like a little album. bit of a hidden tribute, which I thought was quite Poor cool. Girl, but... I feel awful that she's had so. I mean, obviously it's not just her, but you know, as an Being artist, in the... what a fucking... And she's so young. Yeah. To go through that absolute trauma to have to, when I think you're that young, it's probably horrible. the the probably the burden of it happening at one of your shows and knowing that people who were there who lost their lives were there would associate yeah you. and are going to associate you with that for the rest yeah of their absolutely lives. so it's a big thing to carry around but it just feels like that she's sort of she's talked quite a lot recently about her anxiety and actually how there was a time where she just didn't want to leave the house because of everything yeah. that had been going on and um and i wouldn't want to i wouldn't suggest that i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to suggest that there's a bad way of dealing with things but i do feel like she has dealt with and carried herself like through this like amazingly for someone who's been like so yeah i mean what a traumatic thing to live she through. talks I quite she's done so well with she's it. talked quite a lot about the importance that her fans have to her, to her generally um and i think that the way that she sort of decided to kind of continue on and and, and be quite outspoken and, and present i think she just does it all for her fans because mm. she knows that they sort of she is someone that is is kind of a role model for so many people yeah and so. i think people tap into the fact that that's very genuine yeah yeah and, definitely um not just to put on and not I don't know. There's, I think there's a lot of things that people take. People can be very pessimistic about this shit. Well, I think and actually, you can be cynical about it. It can yeah, be really easy. You to can be, and I don't think people have been because I think you can no. tell that it's not there. No, and I just I'm, you know, I'm a very much an advocate for like pop music as a whole, and this oh, is just well, like, such we've a great. Almost pop got a whole record. podcast on it. So right. just a great, great pop record. Um, some other stuff that I um have been listening to that I just sort of wanted to mention. Mm. Uh, loosely, so um, be the cowboy by Mitski which is her fifth full-length um, oh, album. Yeah. It's a follow-up to 2016's Puberty 2, which I really, really liked. Um, that's amazing. Um, I think Von had mentioned how it was one of her favourite records oh, of the wicked. year so far on our last episode. Oh, that's cool. So that's definitely worth exploring. Um, it only came out on Friday, 
but um, Troy Sivan's Yes, Bloom. I haven't listened to it yet. You haven't? Oh. Is it really good? I really like it. So okay. it's a sophomore effort. Um, what a year for pop music, right? Eh? It's his second album and follow up to 2015's Blue Neighbourhood. Um, I'd really enjoyed loads of the singles. So like Ariana, mm. I'd been all of the singles that he'd released. So the title track, uh, My, My, My Animal, Dance to This, which features mm-hmm. Ariana. Um, there's a great interview in Paper Mag recently where um, the pair interview each other. Oh, cool. Um, which is really, really sweet. And they talk about kind of how they mutually respect one another and mm. they like one another in the work that they're creating. Um, so I definitely recommend um, listening to Brilliant. that if you just kind of like... I need to listen to that this week. I think you'll be, be into it. it, mostly because there are a couple of songs on there that remind me of sort of like Harry. Oh, Kind of Harold. like 1D, like yeah. just very like soulful. Like oh. some of the ballads remind me a bit of Harold. So, Love a ballad. Um, also, he's just adorable. His he Instagram is, is just really adorable. Much. He's just really sweet. Really adorable. He has a great dog called Nash. I just Cutie. love love him very much. And also, um, Interpol released Marauder yes. two weeks ago. It's been a it's been a strong three weeks have for you, me. So yeah. there was Ariana Grande on a Friday, and the week after that was Interpol, and then this week was Troy Sivan. So that's a strong end. Great, that's summer. For I me. I even listened to that Interpol record. Oh, I listened to it the other day great. walking in, and it is really good. I've enjoyed oh. it. I haven't listened to like I haven't listened to. I feel like I've like I dropped the ball on Interpol. Like Time I, most people you have. know, but well, no, it is a bit of a thing, isn't it? But I mean, obviously not the the, the long-standing fans such yeah. as yourself. But I do remember, like, when I was younger, being, like, an Interpol fan, and I kind of... I have, like, dropped the ball with it. Um, I think this is, like, a really nice... This is a really enjoyable record. I think the thing... This is probably their best record since probably... Well, I think... I really like I Love to Admire, which is their third record, which Mm. is the one where they all started to get sober, and so people are quite critical about it. But to be honest, like, when I listened to it, I was very, like, sceptical, a bit worried, as I am every time they release a new record. But I was like so relieved and pleased. Oh, and, good. Because like, I didn't know whether it was like a they could do no wrong kind of scenario, no, or whether you are much, like quietly worried that it, it could is hard. Be a... It's super hard for me to be objective where they are concerned because I love them so much. Oh. But even I do have that like worry of that it's going to be a crushing level of and disappointment, and I almost have to like bully myself. Yeah. are so there's so the first two records, and then I'll have to admire, and then their third record, fourth record, sorry, which is their self-titled. Mm. Um, I had to really bully myself into liking, and it's my least favorite. Okay. But you know when you're like, yeah. oh yeah, no, I do like it. Just really trying yeah. to convince yourself. Like with AFI. Yeah, I never <laughs> listen. I hardly ever listen to it apart from like the singles. Yeah, there's quite a few songs like the the standout singles on that I listen to, but the rest of it I'm just like, I can't bother. Um, so it's a relief that I love this front to back with all oh, of my heart. Shout out to that then. Um, they had two singles in advance, which was the Rover. And number 10 um they also the day before marauder came out they released the video for if you really love nothing um which has kristen stewart and whoa big if you, you should watch no it. i Basically, love oh, good it's, kristen, it's stewart. kristen stewart just like sort of in a club just being kristen stewart do you remember fuck? like when she was basically intolerable during the tri- twilight years and now she's just cool as shit i think that's just like enforced misogyny at play where i was like oh she gets the snog robert band i mean to be honest there might like have been her. a bit of that but yeah but she also was really i thought she was a bit clunky you know i think and now i think she's i think she's found her groove yeah i love her now her crew yeah her groove is being like an looks, androgynous babe she looks fucking amazing in this she video does. and then it's like 
the video basically cuts between her and Finn Whitlock in this club, just kind of having like drunken escapades. And then it's just like Interpol playing in like a red room. And Paul Banks, who sings in Interpol, is wearing like a floral print jacket. Oh, lovely. And I just was in bits when I was watching it. So like, um, not that anyone cares either, but my standout tracks are Complications, Mountain Child, Party's Over. And the interludes are really similar. So they've got some like really, the two really atmospheric interludes in it mm. are really similar to this side project that Daniel Kessler has, which is called Big Noble which is like I weird. thought you were going to say Big Nose and I was like that's such a weird Big name for a Big Noble okay Big Noble, better, um, better than Big Nose weird atmospheric kind of lynchy sort of Very music cool. it's really cool I know I'm just really pumped because and I'm pumped for you thanks pal <laughs> Um, so when we were thinking about what we would kind of do for our um, concluding topic, um, you had mentioned to me that we should talk about our young crushes, and oh, I yeah. thought this perfectly tied in with the uh, the aforementioned to all the boys I've loved. Oh, it was before. all very deliberate, April. It was the, just, the timing yeah. of the content was second to none. So I thought, yeah, we just use this as an excuse to basically shame ourselves publicly, as we always do when we talk about people we have fancied or I mean, fancy at the moment. Yeah, some of mine are golden. Time, so yeah. just you know. <laughs> Um, I thought we'd just yeah talk about uh, boys, actors, celebrities, mm. things, yeah. things we have fancied. Things, cartoons. I mean, um, my, my list is quite long, so I'd never yeah. be able to write letters to all of them. And I couldn't remember all of mine as well. I found it quite hard. Well, the problem for me was that I kept remembering them. Yeah. And a lot of them were like, oh, that was a timeless ongoing. Like, that yeah. was for a while. But this then, one continues to this day. Yeah. And then other people would say stuff and I'd be like, oh, yeah, do you know what? Fancy yeah, I fancied them, them as well. Too. So, who was your earliest so the teen one, crushes that you can remember? The one that I can. The ones I mean, that I've gone quite far back. I went back to my earliest ones. Yeah, like, so I tried I went, to think of the ones. So that... a big starting point for me was boy bands. Yes. So the earliest thing, the thing or person that I can remember being really obsessed with was Robbie Williams when he was in Take Fair. That. Yeah, I've put Robbie. For I, Take I, that. My my starting point is boy bands. So yeah. should I run you through my list of? Yes, do. So Robbie from Take That, Ronan from Boyzone, Ronan oh, Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Who's my favourite? Yeah, I. I never had a chosen Boyzone member because I was never like a massive Boyzone I liked Boyzone fan, a lot so you were a Ronan fan I was a Ronan um, did like Stephen Gately was devastated when oh my for myself God. personally when Love he, he came out as being gay happy for him yeah uh, sad for but myself but your prospects were yeah, completely limited I thought um, you were going to say he was sad when he died but no you're right when he, he did die. when he came oh out oh my God he died yes <laughs> I thought that's why Shit. you were going to be sad I was like oh no pouring no. out for Stephen um, I was really into five yeah um, my preferred members. Go on. I initially um, was very into Scott. Oh, okay, yeah. It was a, the hair. The hair. And yeah. then I liked Jay as well. Oh, I was an abs fan. Oh, abs. Probably abs. the better option. Bit a like, combo of both. Yeah, but Jay was a bit a like street Jay was like your peak 90s chav. Jay looks like he would beat you up on Prince Wells. Right? He really would. He is just not. Sick a, tribal. Sick, sick tribal. Um, I, of, of the Backstreet Boys, yes. my preferred, this is uh, AJ and Brian. What Brian? Yeah, no one fancy no, Brian. Oh, mine was Nick, obviously. Obviously, didn't like obviously. Nick Carter. Um, I also see this is when I start to get older, so this is like, less acceptable. Um, my preferred members of of NSYNC were um JC. Oh yeah, then, JC was my choice. And then Justin Timberlake. Oh, and Justin. Yeah. JC was my favorite first in NSYNC yeah. at early days, and yeah. then when when like Solo. Justin cut his hair. Yeah, that post NSYNC. Yeah. Um, but just as a precursor to this, I also have written that I was really obsessed from a young age with Danny Zuko and Kaniki from Greece. Oh my god. 
And they're sort of like older gents. So when I would say older, like, you know, when you're younger and you fancy like children on TV. Yeah. And you're like, that boy, I like that. Yeah. So you are actually kind of into slightly just older like really, school boys. There's just like really cool about Danny Zuko. Yeah. In Greece. I think, I'm pretty sure he was like. They're all about 45 in high school, so that's weird. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, and then just a thing I'd like to address is um, Disney. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. The Fox. I've got yeah. a whole list. You'll know my full list. Go on, please do tell so me the, first. Um, so, Robin Hood, brackets, Fox. I also yeah. really like Thomas O'Malley from The Aristocrats. Oh, my God. He's just got such a good personality. He's just such, like, a Lost cocky, jazz. like, um, jazzy bastard. Um, Eric from The Little Mermaid. Quite yeah. handsome. Okay, yeah. The standard handsome The hair's pretty prince. good. Simba from The Lion King. Oh, my God, you fancied Simba from The... Not, um... Grown-up Simba, clearly. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, obviously not, obviously not child Simba. But just, um, like, it's quite cool. Lovely um, fur. Aladdin, Hercules. Oh, yeah. I really liked niche. Aladdin. I liked Prince <laughs> Philip from Sleeping Beauty. Oh, yeah. Do you like the royalty? Um, oh my God, are you a not royalist? Not really. I mean, you know, we all know I'm a bit of a royalist now. Um, now I'm friends with Kate Middleton. Uh, <laughs> Prince Philip and Robin Hood are the ones I remember. Um, God, remember when it was acceptable to sort of have a crush on a cartoon? Yeah, I think I fancy Jack Skellington as well. <laughs> Was that your early goth boy stage? Yeah, I think so. Oh my god, he's really goth. Girly, super. God, I just really love that suit. Yeah, and also I think this is Just more... really love skinny boys. <laughs> god, he looks great in a striker <laughs> suit. Um, and also I've written Woody in Toy Story. But I think <laughs> no, that's... really? I think that's more because I like Tom Hanks. Oh, okay. So like, I so just... it was actually tapping into your like early ongoing devotion to Tom, Tom Hanks. Because you fancy Tom Hanks in some things and I don't get it. In Big, yeah. Yeah, I don't just get that. Just love him in Big. Yeah, I don't um, get that. I, I've also got Devon Sawyer in Casper. Yes, that's a classic. Can I keep that's you? what I'm that's what yeah, I'm talking 100%. about is those like early days young kids. When you don't really realise that it's like, You don't know what it is, you're, you're just, just like, obsessed with them. I think that's the thing with, with the fox and in with Robin Hood. My earliest ones, which I think some of them I mentioned to you before, um I was really, really obsessed with Thackeray Binks in Hocus Pocus. The, the young man with the shirt and the hair. Not cat Thackeray, The amount of people long so, hair Thackeray. I'm just gonna tell this story hell. now because Yasmin sent me this. The amount of people that said to me Zachary Binks but Yasmin sent me this message about it she said um, the actor's name was Sean Murray and I was so convinced I was in love with him that my sister decided the best remedy would be to phone him and tell him oh my god so after making me travel through the BT phone bit with no (gasps) luck she actually took me to the public library and made me ask for an American telephone directly and I had to explain to the librarian that I needed it because I was in love and had to declare it before I died oh my god that's so cute this is probably the meanest thing my sister has ever done to me and also extra shameful because for the majority of the film he is a cat <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, we we ranked a fucking raccoon in that uh, <laughs> Avengers episode." We're fine. Um, fine. Zachary Binks was an absolute yeah. babe. Did she ring him in the end? Who knows? If I was a librarian, I would have died of cuteness. That's if so someone cute. came into my library now and was like, "Can you help me find the phone yes. number of an actor who I fancy?" I, I would. I would. Help I would enable that because it's part of my job is to provide information. Yes. But also, would be like, are you sure? <laughs> is this a safeguarding yes, issue? Um, my other ones were Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Third Rock from the yes! Sun with long hair. Yes. Sorry for Beautiful the Joseph. I wrote it down as well. Yeah. Um, I also fancied Taylor from Hanson. Um, oh, okay. Maybe because we, in fact, looked the same. Um, <laughs> I looked like all of the Hanson brothers collectively somehow when I was wow. younger. Um, I was a real looker. 
So, yeah, Taylor from Hanson, yeah. um, especially in that first Mbop video. Yeah. Um, and I also, yeah, Nick Carter. And I went through an Aaron Carter phase as well. Oh, no. I remember. So this is really young. Isn't it weird when you're younger how you're really into blonde boys? And that's just, like, not really a much, like, blonde, fringy boys. Yeah. There's, like, less of a thing now. Yeah. Um, and also that everyone seems to have, like, someone from every boy band that they fancy. Well, I think I one of the things I wanted to discuss was, like, when I, when I get to the point of about towards the end where I like there's always at least one member of all the bands I obsessed over in high school and then my there's quite a long list which I will share with you at some point but it oh says, I've got a really it says, long list do you just have to fancy at least one person in everything and then it says convincing yourself that you fancy someone yes well is this not the conversation that we have even now yeah. in our like fucking 30s yeah is that we really struggle to maintain any kind of interest in anything that doesn't I can't engage. have anyone that we yeah. fancy in it. Like a TV programme in which I don't fancy any single person, I, I just that. lose interest in. Is that why you hate Westworld? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't fancy anyone exactly. in it. Not even Evan Ra- I don't even fancy Evan Rachel Wood. No, like, that's fine. I just, I, there was yeah. just nothing for me there, you know? I am, um, I have <laughs> so, written, yeah, I concur. I've written, I fancied all of the Culkins at various points. Fair. Um, Very I was fair. really obsessed with Richie Rich. Really? Have you seen Richie uh, Rich? That's probably my yeah. favourite Macaulay Culkin <laughs> film, which is a controversial uh, opinion, but very like that. I also fancied Jim Carrey and Ace Ventura and The Mask. Did you really? Yeah. Mask on or mask off? Off. <laughs> Just really fancy Jim Carrey. Do you still fancy Jim Carrey? Fuck no. <laughs> Are you sort of repulsed by some of the people you used to fancy? This list two is disgusting. Two of my two of the ones that I fancied that are no three of them actually that I'm like uh, Lee from Blue that is minging <laughs> like <laughs> no Paul from S Club Seven literally why <laughs> like why? So was it because he's the alternative one? Yeah. <laughs> um, this one's the best one though. I went through about six months of being utterly obsessed with Noel from Hearsay <laughs> which is like <laughs> he just wow. had a bit of puppy fat on him what was that about Noel from Hearsay I think we should post some of these on Twitter that's um, going to be the one that I have to post I'll share some um, I also ones. remember my cousin Eve being so obsessed with Ashley Parker Angel from O-Town that it was like I really liked Jacob Jacob, I don't. Do you know? I don't remember any of them he except Ashley Parker Angel, whose full name I will always remember. You have to call him Ashley Parker Angel. Did he have dreadlocks? He's gross. He was so he was like the alternative one. Grim. Do you feel disgusted by a lot of these Repulsed. people? Repulsed. Yeah, I was really. In so I was um was really obsessed with Batman Forever. Yeah. And I Fair. has Jim Carrey, and so speaks a lot. Oh um, my god! I can't believe. My fancy is Chris O'Donnell. Really badly. He plays Robin in it. Jesus. And there's one particular sequence where he's like doing his um washing oh april that sounds in like wayne manor really he's like sexy. doing his laundry no he's not but he's like doing his laundry and gets it out of the dryer and then he's like he does like loads of like martial arts you just love a man who does a domestic task i think i fancied alan grant in jurassic park <laughs> i just really got like a real affinity i had zach morris in saved by the bell yeah 100 percent. yeah uh joshua jackson yeah, Pacey Witter. Yeah. Yep. Dean Kane, who played Lois in Lois and... Uh, who played Lois? <laughs> who played Clark in Lois and Clark yep. and the New Adventures of Superman. Yeah. Harvey and Sabrina. I've got... I've got... I've written um, Sabrina... Um, Harvey from Sabrina the Teenage Witch and then Josh during the college years. Oh, yeah. Also, um, are you looking forward to that Sabrina that's coming out? Yeah. Can we watch it? Yeah, Can we 100%. watch like, the first episode? Even, or unless together? it has Riverdale spoilers in which oh, case. Oh, yeah. In which um, I have written that I was really... Do you, have you ever seen Renford Rejects? I no, I, I, I think I have, like but a, I don't remember it, was a, it much uh, at all. A TV show on yeah, Nickelodeion I do about remember football. It. I really fancied one of the characters in that. And I think when we did our fan fiction episode, I talked about how I definitely wrote fan fiction for Rainbow <laughs> <laughs> 
fancy term. Um, I've written that I really liked Leonardo DiCaprio after I saw Titanic, and then was Fair. like, do you know what? I was, I was never into Leonardo DiCaprio, even in Titanic slash Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet is like peak. And I think Leo. I think every one of our it's the curtains though. Yeah, every one of our generation loved Leo. I don't yeah. really know what's happening there, but I think maybe maybe I was in my Noel phase. Maybe <laughs> maybe you were just in your Noel phase. I've uh, got Elijah Wood. Oh yeah, fair. I saw Flipper and yeah. was like, "Cute baby That's the face." Cute baby um, face I guy put for me. Michael Jackson, so I think we just need to move on from that one quite quickly. That's quite a um, big fan. A timeless one is Paul Rudd. Yes, because I saw him in Clueless and was like, "Yes." Um, and then he's in um, uh, Romeo and Juliet as yes. well. Um, Patrick Swayze and Dirty Dancing. I put. I, I was always. <laughs> Okay. I've, I, older man face. I was very, very, very obsessed with Seth Green in Buffy. Oh and my god, Seth Green! I went from Seth Green as Oz in Buffy to Spike as I got like a yeah. little bit older and decided bit more that goth. yeah, um, Johnny Depp in everything, particularly oh. in my Tim Burton years. Yeah, like probably Johnny Depp as Edward Scissorhands, like just yeah. a bit of everything. Crybaby is like Heath a big Ledger one. in Ten Things. I've got yeah Heath Ledger post Ten Things I Hate About You. Jake John Hall from two thousand two onwards when I first saw Donnie Darko, day. a seminal moment. Yeah. Um, did you ever watch Daria? Yes. Fancy Trent Lane. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Back to your cartoons there. Uh, I put Christina Ricci and Winona Ryder just as like bonuses. Yeah. Because I, this is the, probably the best one with the best like brackets after it. Kurt Cobain. He's dead, April. <laughs> He's dead. Quite a few people mentioned Kurt Cobain. I also fancied Sean William Scott when he was in American Pie specifically. Was he your preferred of the lot? I think, yeah. I think he was my favourite, yeah. Steph Lowe. I don't think I, I don't think I liked anyone else in it. Wes Bentley from American Beauty. Oh my when God. When I first saw American yeah. Beauty. I feel like we're going into like the teenage years as yeah. well. Yeah, Ryan Filippo. Cruel oh intentions. yeah, 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 cruel intentions. Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, standard. Josh yes. Hartner. Josh Hartner was a, was a and big Joshua one. Jackson were and ones yeah, I've got more or less um, at the same time. Quite funny because um, Topher Grace is in um, Black Klansman, but mm. it made me think about how I was really obsessed with that '70s show. Oh my god, yeah. And I thought that Hyde was the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why? Why? I think it's because I didn't All fancy anyone. I, I didn't really like Ashton Kutcher. No, bit Topher too Grace like, looked too young. And then, yeah, not bit too do you have any um your music crushes okay. from when you were a teenager so this is the big section um, so this is a, my biggest section so as it well. says at least one member of all the bands i obsessed over yeah. in high school let's see how many of them are similar so uh billy joe armstrong from green day yeah. fred durst from Limp biscuit mark i Coppers. didn't put fred durst i put um fuck what's his name Where's Borland? I think I was into both of them, but um, yeah, Mark Hoppers from Blink Wayne to Yeah, Gino Mark Marino. was my um, choice. Always Mark. Uh, Mark was my favourite of Blink. I had a very large poster of, of Blink Wayne to Two naked. Like, but yes, I know which on, one you like, mean. The What's Made Again one. poster yeah. was just thought he, and he was on all of my school books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just was just a lot. Um, Chino Marina from Deftones. Yeah, on my Skiba list. From yeah, on my list. Jeff Jesus. Rickley from Thursday. Oh, very nice. Um, Daryl Palumbo from Glassjaw, yeah. Vinnie Caruna from Movie Life, Jordan mm. Pundike from Newfound Glory. He David. was my choice from Newfound Glory as well. Yeah. Later, Chad Gilbert, but then I went on and to then Jordan you, again. Yeah, same. Um, Davey Havoc of yes, AFI obviously. fame, big one. Um, Nick Valenci from The Strokes, Caleb Follower from Kings of Leon, Daniel Kessler and Paul Banks from Interpol. Are we How- just going into your present day as well here yeah, right. all just there's ongoing. so much overlap it's like I haven't changed at all um, Howling Pele from The Hives Brandon oh, Boyd wow. from Incubus. Brandon Boyd is on my list yeah Steve-O from Sum 41 oh well I'll tell you I'll tell you a story go on but carry on and then, you do yours first um, Billy from Good Charlotte yeah 
Um, and then that's that's probably like my obsessions from about the age of about twelve to around fourteen. Yeah. Really. Oh my! I bet my I think those for me went up to like sixteen. Yeah, fourteen, fifteen, and then I I probably could have done late stage, but I thought no, because then we'll just be here for hours. And then I've written so, an addendum at the end, which is like I have fancied Ryan Adams since about two thousand two. Lovely. So that's fine. Yeah. Please tell me. Um, um. So my three main big music crushes. Yeah. Were Chester Bennington from Linkin Park, Aww. which I was I was obsessed I with. I preferred Mike Shinoda before. Did you? Yeah. Such a strange choice, April. It was all about Chester. I used I to record, I, you know, like on MTV, you'd yeah. have stuff. And I had all my VHSs and I used to record. I like, think Lincoln I just, whenever, you know, when like someone would pick like the obvious choice, mm-hmm. like Chester. the singer, I would always have to be like, no, I'm just. I'm really it. niche. Yeah. Well, at least you'd get like less, you'd be fighting less girls. Probably. Oh, one I just missed out as well, which is just bizarre, is that I was weirdly obsessed with Zane Lowe. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I mean, I can see to it. an obsessed to be level. Fair. And when he was on MTV, he did MTV Brand New, and then yeah. he did Gonzo. I was like a religious fear of did those. Did you just watch Gonzo all the I time? I think I like his accent. I'd never really heard a New Zealand accent before, and I just thought you're like, was what is really... this kooky accent? Yeah. Mm, who are um, you? I liked Derek Wibley from Seven Forty One. Oh yeah, yeah. I was obsessed Squashed with him. Out. Yeah, I was obsessed with him when Fat Lip came out. Like obsessed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that quickly moved on to Benji Madden, which we all know about was yeah. like a, actually quite a big problem for me, I feel. Um, and I don't think there's been a time in which Ashley has not told everyone around me that I had like a birthday cake with his face on. That's cool. Like, though. was just. Imagine if I got you a birthday cake. My mum cake made now me a birthday cake. On. I'd die of happiness. My mum made me a birthday cake and it was chocolate, but she got black icing, so it was black, and then it had silver studs around it, yeah, and then it had pictures of Benji on the top. It was good. That's amazing. It was very good. I was good probably like, yeah. Um, so they're my top three big ones. I had Billy Joe Armstrong, yep. Max Skeber, yep. Brian Molko, obviously. Fine. God, as fuck. Trent Reza, obviously, yep. ongoing. David Havoc, ongoing. Okay. Mark <laughs> Hoppers, just always. Uh, Brandon Boyd, ongoing. Pierre from Simple Plan. <laughs> oh my God. He was the best. I'm a dick. I'm addicted to you. Yeah, yeah. Corey Taylor, kind of ongoing. Oh, yeah, fine. Wes Borland. Yeah. Uh, Dexter Holland, because you had to fancy <laughs> someone from The Offspring, and it wasn't going to be the other guy. Um, <laughs> the worst thing about The Offspring is that they're literally like 45. I know, but you had to choose someone, yeah, right? Yeah, fine, fine. Jacoby Shaddix. Papa Roach. I think I fancy Jacoby Shaddix at one point. Phil Vallow. Oh, yeah, but oh. for me it was only in one specific... It was only in The Buried Eye by Love. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I fancied him for quite a few years. Yeah. Uh, Matt Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, Nick Wheeler from All American Rejects. I didn't go for Tyler, I went for Nick. Oh, Eric Griffin from the Murder Dolls. Who even <laughs> who knows? Gina Marino, Ian Watkins. Oh, from I lost. Well, I left him off mine. Did but you take yeah, it off? Of my just trying I mean, to. Full disclosure: I was deeply obsessed with Lost Profits. Yeah. In all through high school, they were like my the, the band. I was deeply. It's a traumatizing into. time. He was my favorite. Try and not Jordan Public, Jared Way, yeah, Tim Armstrong oh, from Rancid, see, and when he was in the Transplants. I'd f- I forgot My Chemical Romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Frank. I, yeah, oh, Frank Brandon Flowers. Yep, was fine. another big one. Um, who else did I put on this? No, that was that was the majority of it. Oh, and then. Then when I got really into glam goth, I just fancied Adam Ant. <laughs> you and my mum both. Yeah. She and Patrick Wolf. Oh my so God, Patrick Wolf. I was obsessed with Patrick Wolf. Um, yeah. I think the thing is that some of these are really ongoing and that it's quite interesting that like, so like I really so love Jake Gyllenhaal from like a fairly formative age and then like it's just continued, continued through my life. Right. So yeah, there's quite a few. So I think the best thing about this as well was like getting them from other people. I cannot believe how many people responded to this. This has been this like never our happens. highest response Whenever rate. we ask for people to give us stuff, we get like, like five people. blood out of a stone and we have yeah. to like ask Vixen Vaughn repeatedly I had my former bosses respond to this good I had people like 
of many different generations, which is why I'm also quite enjoying it. But do you want to go through the ones that were sent to you? Yeah, so so these were mostly from Twitter and Instagram. So we'll start with the most important person in the world, Von. Um, <laughs> yes. She said, well, definitely... Our Stephen. Our Stephen. Um, definitely Taylor Hansen, Ginger Spice, Fair. had a few um, Jonathan Taylor Thomas posters, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio and so, Kate Winslet, of course, Elijah oh, Wood, um, Devin Sawyer, um, Dimitri from Anastasia, Hay- Hayden <laughs> Christensen. Oh, my God! Robbie yeah. Williams, Billy Piper, Jesse yeah. Spence, and Josh Hartnett. Yeah. It's just um, so many of them, like, generation-wise. That, just well, this repeats. is what's interesting, There's actually. So, um, Jess Hall said, um, Kurt Russell in Overboard. I like the oh, specificity wow. yeah. And, jo- and any boys with curtains. Yeah. Completely agree. Uh, Georgie, Blonde boys with curtains. Georgie said, Christian Slater in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, good shout. That's good a really shout. good shout, yeah. Right. Um, AJ from the Backstreet Boys, because he was the rock one. Yeah, he was. He was the cool <laughs> um, one. Lee from 911. Ooh, oh, I forgot about 911. Yeah, Lee. Uh, AJ from Empire Records and Ricky Martin. A few Ricky people have Martin. said Ricky Martin. Yeah. Um, With his, like, shiny trousers. Yeah. Living, living uh, Jen said uh, Ronan Keating as well, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. She, she used to have a, um, a poster of him that she used to... St- Spray with uh, CK1 and kiss every night. Oh my night god, you wouldn't kiss 12. after spraying CK1 on it. Uh, Heath Ledger, Josh Hartnett. Yeah. I mean, she said what what I think for me is very, um, speaks to all of us, is insatiable crushes constantly from the time I was a wee kid to now, which um, which is completely um, right on. Yeah. Um, Tom Saunderson said, Christina Ricci in, in, in uh, Casper, Winona yes. Ryder in Beetlejuice and Mulan. Solidarity oh for the god. Disney crowd. Love a good cartoon. Oh, God, this one made me die. This is from Sophie. She said, it's always been Jeff Goldblum, but when it wasn't Uh, Jeff, it was uh, Heath in 10 Things, the farmer hoggett in Babe. (laughs) (laughs) And Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man. Oh, God, Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man. Faye Rudge also agreed with us on the Fox in Robin Hood and and Rufio from Hook. Um, Oh, my word. Tori had said, um, she gave me her specific ranking of of Take That, which was uh, Marco in Gary Barlow, Howard Donald, Jason Orange. Robbie was dead to me. Um, Nikki from Westside, Leonardo DiCaprio, Nick Carter. I tried to fancy yeah. Aaron, but couldn't. Um, oh, I did that for you. Don't worry. Uh, Jurassic from Heartbreak High. Oh, wow. And then she had a poster of Usher in her locker. Lovely. Um, big love for Robert Downey Jr. after Ali McBeal. And then yeah. Brandon Boyd. Oh, yeah. Adam said to me that it was Emma Bunt and Heather Graham and Kate Hudson. And then he, was, he said, and he said, when I was seven or eight, it was Goldie Horn. And I was like, you know, Goldie Horn's Kate Hudson's mum. And he was like, yes, I know. Oh, so it was like a family. <laughs> it was quite funny. Um, Laisha was Will Smith, John Travolta, Ricky Martin, and Ross Kemp as Grant Mitchell. Oh, my God. Which is very like a formative young age that is. one. Um, Scott B's were Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Mandy Moore, J Lo, Jessica yes. Simpson, and of course, Mariah Carey. Yes. Um, Amanda from Amanda's Pitch Show, Go Go. It was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Devon Sawyer, and Data from Star Trek. Oh my word! Isn't that a I love one? these. Um, ah, Hannah so said Paul Nichols in the Biz, Kinnicky from Greece, and Virgil from Thunderbirds. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was brilliant. Um, what are some of the others that you've got? Right. Thank you to everyone for sending these. We've had a lot, so I'm going to just blast through them. Um, Vic said, Zach Hansen, what a surprise. Seth Green, Chesney Hawks. Is it Chesney Hawks? Yeah. Uh, Scott, Mo- Scott Moffat, Paul Nichols. Leonie said uh, Jason Donovan. So, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baz said Nick Carter and Duncan from Blue, and we were discussing Duncan and Lee for a yeah. while. Phil Bailey said Reese Witherspoon, Avril Lavigne, Melissa Joan Hart, and Lorraine Kelly. <laughs> I think what's funny is it's like all of the ones where you're like, oh yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, and there's yeah. always like a random you're Lorraine. Like, really? Lorraine at Kelly. the end. Yeah. They always go at the end as well. Lisa said Peter Andre, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, Aaron Carter, Leo. Despite 
seeing him in nothing except Titanic, all the Hansons except Isaac, poor Isaac, Scott from Five, AJ from BSB, Mark from Blink-182, then Tom from Blink-182, then back to Mark, please note, <laughs> never Travis and Matt Skiba. <laughs> Frankie said abs from Five, Josh Hartnett and Pearl Harbour, Joshua Jackson, Nick Carter, Mel said Nick Carter, Ben from A1, Jimmy ben from 911, from and Peter Andre. Jimmy from 911. Someone's got to love Jimmy. Purdy said Bruce Willis and Cary Grant, which is such a combination. I think if I saw Bruce, I think if I'd seen Die Hard at like a relatively formative age, I would have fancied the hell out of Bruce Willis. Leon said the twins from Funhouse. <laughs> this is my favourite one. Vary said Nick Berry from Heartbeat. <laughs> Oh my god, I think I fancied him. Yeah. I loved Heartbeat. Heartbeat. Definitely fancied him. Yeah. That means nothing to Americans no, or so anyone else listening overseas. But loves stay in my memory. Yeah. Uh, Stacey said Leonardo DiCaprio, duh, Devin Sawyer, Jesse Bradford, Tom from Blink 182, Josh Hartnett, Adam Brody. Uh, oh, see, I didn't. Mark Paul Gosseler. That's Zach from um, Thingy, Say by the Bell. Oh, that's Zach. Yeah. Ethan Embry, Chris O'Donnell. Yep. Chaz, Chaz said Elijah Wood and Orlando Bloom. Yeah, sure, I sure. remember those years very well, actually, from school. <laughs> ah, Lord of the Rings. Ah, yes. Uh, Kate said Keanu Reeves, Jared yep. Leto, sadly now a yep. freak, and Leo. Charlotte Miller said Shania Twain and Tim Vincent. Very fair. Some of these are so on brand Tim for Vincent. people as well. This is, I mean, Shania Twain is so on brand This is such an so exercise in like, making people just like... Honestly. Give, tell us their darkest um, secrets. Jess said Kurt Russell, she said to you, yep. Jimmy from 911, a second yep. one, and pretty much any boy with curtains, yep. Paul Nichols. Courtney said Fred Durst, Emma Jane said Cavana and Seth Green. Yep. Christine said Davy Jones in The Monkees. <laughs> uh, David, who uh, is uh, the chairman of the hospital I used to work in, yeah. said Hayley Mills. I was 14 at the time. I progressed to Francois Hardy a couple of years later. Very fickle, you see. Probably now it is Kira Knightley. Thanks for that insight. <laughs> Freya said Frankie... Is it Frankie Muniz? Muniz? My, oh my God, from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. And one Pete Doherty. One of the things I did Google yesterday was Malcolm in the Middle just to work out just if to I check. didn't see any of them, but I didn't, so that's fine. That's good. Vicky said uh, Dan Rad circa 2004. Kristen yep. Stewart and Zathura. Yeah. Uh, Rob Pattinson as Edward. George Sampson off of uh, Britain's Got Talent. <laughs> Orlando Bloom in Pirates. And Matthew McFadden as Darcy. Oh, Yeah. Alex Fine. said Robert Smith, Kurt Cobain, and Andrew McCarthy. Yep. Phil said Melissa Joan Hart and Kat Dealey. Jack Redden <laughs> Kat said. Kat Dealey. Jack Redden, this is so on brand, said Helen Adams from Big Brother 2, Katie Hill from Blue Peter, who Wes concurred with, and Diana Rigg, Bonus City. Ellie said Dougie Pointer, Adam Mazzara, <gasps> Frankie Aero, I can never say, say, say that. Frankie Iro, Aero? Franco Aero. Yeah, yeah, that one. Adam Brody, James Masters, Joshua Jackson still, Jesse Lacey, sad face. Yeah. Keanu Reeves, uh, especially as Ted Theodore Logan, uh, yeah. uh, Jesse Bradford. Milo Vem... That Milo one. Amelia from Gilmore Girls. That yeah, one. See, this Can't is the thing, right? I, I stopped at 16, like 15, 16, because I was like, this is otherwise going to be like a three-hour podcast where right. I basically talk about how I fancy everyone. Right. I agree with so many of So these. many. Um, Bod said Edith Bowman. Um, then Phil said Kat Dealey. Then Bod came back and said um, he was very shocked at the lack of Vil Vallow on the thread. <laughs> and then everyone was like, oh my God, of course. <laughs> um, then Ellie came back and said Balmajera and oh pretty God, much every member of the Jackass um, crew. I'd just like to add in Johnny Knoxville here Yes, me. Johnny Knoxville. Phil, oh my god, such a one. Yeah. Yep. Then Flick came in and said, came to post about Balmogera, but agree with all of the above. And then Rob Weston said, nominating the only good thing about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, scathing, not true, uh, Elisa Dushku. Oh, fine, fine. And that is it. Boom, 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 
I just feel like this is such amazing work from everyone. So on brand. So thanks for all, very such on brand. great memories. And um, thanks for the contributions. And please continue to share these and um, shame us accordingly. I think we should. We're going to have to. The one, I think a we should post the ones that are like the freakiest looking. Yeah. And it's like how did we? Why? Um, and just the ones that are just like probably the big hitters for everyone. Yeah. Which is what, apparently Leonardo DiCaprio. I think it's just a yeah, very very formative age for everyone. It is. So uh, our obsessions of the week. Would you like to go first? Yeah, what I mean it's yours? not going to be a surprise. It's go Billy on. Bill Skarsgård. Uh, um, just completely obsessed. I love um, how much you've been loving Castle Rock. And it's brought me so much joy. I've he's been just so happy watching it, and I just I, fancy him so much. I've been enjoying. He's so weird looking, which is what we've well, discussed. I've been enjoying how much you've been enjoying him because then it gives me an excuse to find like gifts to send you, and then it's just an exercise in spending like hours looking at like tiny clips of him like licking his lips. Right, and 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 it may, reminds me of watching Hemlock Grove, which was like I literally just watched that for him. It was basically because he was such a like filthy porn. shit in it. It was like it was. He's just I love him so much. The amount of sexual tension in that program, right? ridiculous was it just, was just off the wall it was just um, next level he just is just really hot so um he has been very much my obsession and my you know like my wallpaper and um very just my entire twitter feed just became like a, a castle rock slash bill skarsgård fan account for a while well um, uh, just to follow on from that then my mine is um is daniel kessler from because i'm just been because that's all you've been tweeting about as well yeah i'm really sorry i'm so sorry to anyone who has to follow me on any social media in which i'm the most ins- i did post and say Same. i'm going to be really insufferable when this goddamn yeah, if you made a, uh, out, a like a pre so that's fun. Their their press tour has been an it has been a delight, and then oh, I just I just never tired. It's a very moody looking face. man, isn't he? Like very, I don't know. He's just got such a jawline. It is a very good. It's he just pretty wears sharp. a suit like a motherfucker. It's just not. I'm really sorry to both you, everyone. Sorry to my mum. I'm sorry to this person. Um, it's gonna get worse. I'm seeing them in November. Oh, there you go. It's gonna get worse then. I'm I'm really sorry. So it's just Daniel Kessler, the most handsome man in rock. So that's us done for another episode. You can find us online, Twitter at the Thirst, SoundCloud.com forward slash the Thirst Pod. You can subscribe and review us on iTunes by searching for the Thirst. Instagram we're at the Thirst Pod, the Thirstpod.tumblr.com for all of our articles and links. And then you can email us the Thirstpod at gmail.com. Uh, bye. Bye. Hi, it's Carolyn and Vanessa from From Not Not Another Another X-Files Podcast Podcast. We're the female-led X-Files podcast you didn't even know you were looking for. We've got plenty of opportunities for nostalgia, conspiracies, forbidden romance, and plenty of laughs. It's true. Come on over to our place in Vancouver, Canada, and revisit your favorite 90s sci-fi TV show. You'll be glad you stopped by. You can find us on all your favorite podcast spots. And on the web at notanotherxfpod.libsyn.com. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Music for this promo by Purple Planet.